Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. How many carrots can your fridge hold? Leave a comment in the comments. In section. the comments section. <laughs> nice. Welcome to Making Luck, a carrot podcast. That's right, man. Uh, carrot podcast. You know, if they used to say that if you eat a lot of carrots, that your vision will be better. But apparently, yeah, there was some like myth around World War Two related to pilots or something. Like, I don't I, I've heard that I've heard that carrots are high in vitamin A, and you need vitamin A to be able to see well. But I've never heard somebody say if you eat more carrots, you'll see better. Uh, yeah, well, I don't think it's actually true. You know, you know who loves carrots though? Horses, and there are a lot of horses in the menagerie expansion for Dominion. Ayo. Do horses actually like carrots? Yeah, horses love carrots. You ever heard like the the carrot on a stick, like where you're riding I mean, a I, horse and you have the? I know that it's a cliche, but I'm just like not a very outdoorsy person. I didn't know. Neither like, am I. But actually. Googling this right now. Do horses like carrots? Uh, feeding treats to horses. It. Almost any fruits. <laughs> You're going to bang it. And many vegetables <laughs> are safe treats for healthy horses. <coughs> Apples and carrots are traditional favorites. There you go. This says, just like Bugs Bunny. Mm. And we may have to cut this out of the podcast because we didn't ask them. You know what? This is fair use. Many horses <laughs> love carrots. Luckily, carrots are very nutritious and make a great treat. Isn't that... One thing carrots are famous for is improving sight. This theory got started during World War II. We've come full circle. Yes! Oh, this is like one of the best episodes of the podcast we've ever had. That's not true. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you <laughs> Yeah, we can't improve on this. Uh, have a good one. So a horse, a horse costs three. And yeah, it uh, it's... it's Plus two cards, plus an action. Return this to the horse pile. Parentheses. This is not in the supply. With supply being capitalized. Interesting. Horse also capitalized because it's the name of a card. Anyway, uh, it's not three star or three aster. It's just three. But it doesn't really... Like, you can't buy it because it's not in the supply. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you probably know that if you listen to the last episode or if you listen to my... What lukewarm takes minisode from yeah. months ago that I forgot that I did until Adam did his. <laughs> yeah, but this episode. I, I, I genuinely <laughs> forgot that I did that. And this episode, along with the next five episodes in our five part series for this podcast, is going to be all about this one card, the horse, because we've got a lot to talk about. So buckle up, everybody, because if you're driving, please wear your seatbelt. Yeah, and if you're riding a horse, I, I don't know, but. Saddle up. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's like it's it's bad for the horse's back if you don't wear a saddle that fits properly or something, and you can right. get thrown more no, easily. No, I'm just trying to think about if you could have a seatbelt on a horse. I think the saddle's like, the closest you can get. You could connect the seat. You could probably connect like a seatbelt into the saddle. Well, I think a lot of saddles probably wouldn't really help. Some but... saddles like go around the belly of the horse. So it's kind of seatbelt-ish yeah. in that way. And I then they've got the little leg loopies that you could stick your stirrups in it, not your 
stirrups, but your boots in there. Were, were they made for walking? Uh, these particular boots I'm talking about were made for riding horses. Oh, riding boots. Got it. Yeah. So, anyway, horses uh, is basically just like the card from Renaissance Experiment, um, except it's not in the supply, and you can't buy it, and it doesn't come with another one. Yeah. It's, it's and just like that. it's called horse instead of experiment. Uh-huh. And it's it has and, the beast tag. Oh, wrong game. Sorry. And... Yeah, that's all we that have to say about it. Is reference? Uh, it's a Hearthstone reference. Hearthstone, okay. Yeah, which has an auto chess mode. Yeah. Yeah, the next four episodes of this podcast are just going to be this. We're trying to talk about a horse, and we managed to get so, sidetracked and derailed. Like, we haven't even said what this episode's actually about yet. Right, but we'll <laughs> leave that for the end. Um, <laughs> horse, you had the title. Um, horse. <laughs> The other thing I was going to say about horse play is different than experiment. There's 30 horses in the horse pile. Thanks. Um, Thanks for letting me know, man. Important to know sometime because they can run out. And if there were fewer than 30, they would run out more often. Like if there were 10, yeah. you'd run out of them like a lot. I bet, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, we were gonna we were going to talk about Menagerie, the expansion, and we were going to talk about horses. We were going to talk about horses, uh, cards where we disagree with each other or with the community because Adam just did a, a survey thing where yeah, link in the description to, to to rate the the things because yeah, whatever that so means. many different kinds of things I'm just going to call them things you know yeah. there's cards and there's events and there's ways however you want to try to rate the anyway yeah. um yeah. We're going to talk uh, about it. Yeah. So horses, I want to talk about, uh, different from my initial impressions, uh, well, horses are really good, and there's a really, really good combo with uh, procession and horses. You just, like, explode in a good way. Um, You process a horse, and you gain a procession, and... And you also draw four cards and get two extra actions. That's so sweet. the the broader thing than just the card procession is that uh, I think something to, to be mindful of with horses is throne rooms in general. Oh, yeah. um, horses is like really nice with them um, because it's – I mean it's more like a lab, uh, which is usually easier to gain than an actual lab. Um, you know, you, you, you throw in room a horse and you're pretty good to go. There's a lot of deck control and most of the things that give you horses either give them to you like on top of your deck or give you multiple horses usually, right? There's some exceptions. Sure. But, uh, that makes it often easier to get your horse lined up with your throne room and give yourself uh, a good amount of consistency in terms of deck control. So that's really nice with horses. Other than that, I don't know if anything, Adam, there's anything you want to add, but other than that, for me, I think it's mostly like 
you know, like I talked about way back whenever the maybe it was just like a couple hours ago for you listener because you know you're you're in 2073 and you're listening to this podcast and you're like hey how does he know that i'm listening to this podcast in 2073 when he recorded it in 2020 and i'm like i got you fam it was Um, it was a strange and different time wasn't it yeah i hope so i really hope so man 2020 has been terrible um not my favorite. So you want to talk about some other cards? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Throne Room and Family is great with horse. And, yeah, uh, yeah, great. So, um, so yeah, when uh, when Menagerie first dropped in March, I made a poll. I asked people to rate the power level of every card shaped object in the Menagerie on a scale from zero to ten. And we did that. Whatever and, that means. Right, I have no idea what that means. Uh, well, I mean, I have an idea, but well, it's definitely not the same idea as anyone else, right? It's it's well, it, at least that it's clear to everyone that ten is stronger than zero. Yeah. Whatever stronger means. Yeah, whatever stronger means. Yeah, but ten but is more num- of that. Higher, higher number is stronger. Yeah, it's more of whatever that is. Right. It's not like golf. <laughs> right. It's it's the opposite of golf. Menagerie is the opposite of golf. Right. So in any case, uh, we did that. Uh, also, Wandering Winter had his first impressions. I had my first impressions. Those have already been published on the podcast. Uh, and then just this past week, as this is being recorded, uh, early December in 2020, I reopened the poll and I asked people to rate all of the cards, but in particularly Menagerie, just to see how um, impressions on the cards and card-shaped objects have changed in the months since the expansion is released. And so that was done, and also Wandering Winter and I have both reflected on our first impressions and uh, made a couple adjustments based on a few months of playing with the cards. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to tell Adam how terribly wrong he is and he's going to tell me how wrong we i am and we're both going to tell you how wrong you all are and right. we're going to have a bunch of fun doing that yes can't wait man so want to dive in with our first card here sure so i, I want to start in a semi-particular or i, I want to start with slay okay let's start with slay let's go so slay i'm not going to read the card you probably listen to it on the previous episode. It, I don't I don't I don't want to read all these cards. Um but you get two horses and there's a reaction bit that you can stick something on your on your deck or in your hand. Um it costs two. Um so yeah the thing about this is like the 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 comparison is or at least the comparison I originally thought of was to like moat moat without its defensive reaction, right? It's just some, like, a lackeys that didn't come with villagers, right? Like, is it better or worse than just drawing two cards immediately? And I think, in general, it's worse? I agree. Um, like, like you said in the last video, uh, gaining two horses is good, but it's not as good as gaining two cards. Um, uh, yeah. And like, yeah, gaining two cards would be great. Uh, I'd like two provinces, please. Yeah. Um, but it's also not as good as drawing two cards, which is, I hopefully clear to everyone what, what you meant when right. you said that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, 
I thought that was true at the time, and I still generally think that it's true, but there's a but. I think but. I underestimated the reaction on this card. Hmm. Like, you don't want to get this card for the reaction <clears throat> very often, I don't think. But when you have this card, man, it really helps quite a bit. And, like, if you get a stack of slays, it can help a lot. Yeah, um, like, slays one of those things you just kind of shove a bunch of them in the deck, and good things happen to you, you know? Right. So, like, if I'm using Slay as a significant part of my deck control, I'm trying to draw my deck using Slay as a lot of the, the draw component, right? Um, with some villages, obviously, right? Um, if I end up with, like, three Slays in hand and I need to draw more cards, I can play one and react to the other two, and boom, I've got two horses now. And if I'm drawing my deck, then it's pretty nice, because I will probably be able to redraw those slays that I discarded, right? So that and just my general appreciation of horses due to the like the throne room thing and whatnot. Um and, and to some extent like, oh, I drew this slay dead, um, which is not good, but like, okay, well, if I'm gonna gain a card, I might be able to gain it to hand. Or I can at least top deck it, which is Again, it's not worth getting a slay just to be able to top deck whatever card you're buying, usually. I'm, I'm sure you can edge case me. That value adds up, and I, I think it's a pretty decent little... Having said that, I still don't think it's great. Like, you know, it, it's slow to start drawing cards. The first shuffle that you draw your slay, it's like anti-deck control. And you have to get through to the next shuffle to get those horses where it... It actually helps you. Yeah, a lot of these horse cards tend to be that way, where it, it does hurt you to play them the first time. And, you know, if you draw your deck every turn, then it's only that first time that it hurts you. But uh, that's sort of a best-case scenario, and, and, you know, it does have that problem. On the other hand, gaining horses is still good, and, you know, the reaction is another thing you can do alongside of whatever that is. That can give you a little tempo boost if that's something that you decide you need. And also on subsequent shuffles, like having the horses in it and not having to play your draw card as a terminal helps your consistency quite a bit. Like, it's going to be worse that first shuffle, but the later shuffles, it's probably better. Like, once you already have the horses, you've taken that hit. Um, I'd rather have two horses and a sleigh than lackeys with no villagers. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I think, usually. Right, and then you get options for, like, um, well, you don't have to play the sleigh on the last turn, or if you decide you have something more important to do, and you get those options, too. And, right. And so Sometimes once... you can bank horses, because you didn't yeah. need to play them all, and that helps your reliability more. And yeah. yeah, it can help you green, which is um, something that a lot of uh, times you end up doing in a game of Dominion, if you want to win. Often, but not always. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a video I put on my channel today where, um, due to the next cat we're gonna cat the next card we're gonna talk about, which is black cat. <laughs> neither of us ended up greening at all in the whole game. Oops. Um, well, there was also salt the earth, so we salted the earth to score points and end the game. Uh, it, was, it was very interesting. I thought. Um, huh. So black cat is uh are, are we ready to move on from slay yes yeah okay so black cat is uh this it is like a moat except instead of 
the reaction has a different reaction where you get to react it anytime and play it anytime your opponent gains a victory card. And if it's not your turn when you play this, i.e. you're reacting it and it's your opponent's turn, then everybody else gets a curse. So this is like quite a bit better than I think I thought it was originally. Yeah, Um, I remember seeing the numbers when this was coming in in first impressions, and I commented on it on the video. Like, I saw people give this like a three or a four or whatever, and like, that is just, that's nuts, man. This is way better than that. Like, sometimes this card, the reaction doesn't matter at all. That's pretty darn rare. Like, even if there's another cursing attack, right? Mm -hmm. Then you would think the reaction doesn't matter, but like, just being able to play this on your opponent's turn is a pretty big deal, even if it's not giving out a curse. Right. Um, like, it makes you extra reliable because you don't have to have your village before it because you played it non-terminally on your opponent's turn by reacting it. And uh, Ambassador Anyone, eh, eh, <laughs> eh, you can react this. You're not giving out a curse. Uh, the other thing about reacting it is sometimes you get to play it twice effectively, in a single turn cycle for you. So you your right. opponent buys a green card, you react and play it, they end their turn, you discard this from play, and then you draw through your deck and you can draw this and play it again. Yeah. Um, that is real. That comes up. It's not a big deal. Like, I, I don't ever remember having planned around it, but it's nice. It can help. You put your plus one money token on that bad boy. <laughs> or your plus buy token. Oh yeah. Or your plus action token that anyway. Um yeah. Fairy token. Uh also kind of <laughs> we we got on black cat. Yeah, I think um I think people still are underestimating this thing. Like yeah, it's not junking early, which is when you'd rather do it, but like it is junking. And yeah. It's going to matter. So like it's it's really hard for this to be bad and not something that you want in every game. And so I, I still see a lot of people rating it like pretty low. Like this one got a, about a five and a half out of ten overall for average. And there were a lot of people that rated this really low. And like those people need to lose some more games to someone who gets a black cat. <laughs> that's that's what I think. Well, and and the other thing is like if there isn't that good like thinning deck control, um. This card can just be completely dominant, like by far the best, or like a very important part of a board. Even if there is, it can still be yeah, that e- way. Even yeah. if there is, it's 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 still often very strong. But if there isn't, it's usually like, well, you want to just jam all the black cats in your deck and say, "Good luck, opponent." Yeah, huh. for sure. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about black cat though. The next card I want to talk about is cavalry. Um, cavalry is kind of like slay, and that you get two horses with both of them, yeah. and that I think originally had me being—I don't want to say I was low on cavalry per se, but I was low compared to where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> right, and where we are now, I think both of us rated this a little bit higher than the consensus. 
I think this card is really, really good. Um, the the big drawback that we were talking about with Slay is that, like, compared to a moat or something, you're a shuffle slower in getting your draw going, right? right yeah. Um, with Cavalry, you're a shuffle slower after you're a shuffle faster. <laughs> yeah, like, if you play your cards right, you can kind of offset that uh, tempo loss by, like, making use of the on-gain benefit of, yep. like, drawing those cards immediately. And so, like, right. while this isn't a, a use case that's as powerful as Villa, because that's an obvious comparison, because you're going back I to mean, action phase. I'm actually not sure. I, I I still think Villa is generally the better card, but it's not entirely clear to me, quite frankly. Like... I mean, they're for different things, right? Yeah, this is yes, yes. Bill is it's, for when you ran out of actions, and cavalry is for when you need to draw some more cards. Yes, exactly. But um, I think I, I mean I, I rated Villa like a nine, and I gave this an eight. I mean, which is to say they're pretty much the same thing. But I think the way you can build your deck when Villa's around uh, can be a little more beneficial than the way you can build your deck when cavalry's around. Um. Yeah, maybe. In, in terms of, like, setting up your game plan, I agree. Yeah. But I think that part of what makes Cavalry strong is less about, like, oh, I've planned to build my deck this way, uh, like you can with Villa, where, like, I'm just going to not put Villages in for a while. And sure, I'm over-terminal, but who cares? Because I can just Villa my way out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like it, it's it's less about that with cavalry. Like oh, I'm gonna, I'm not drawing enough, but it's okay because I can cavalry my way out of it. I mean, not re- you don't really do that very much. Yeah, that's that's just not something that comes up nearly as often, and it's not something that's quite as good to build around. But what you can do is like just like oh, I've gotten into a situation where I would l- really like to be able to draw some cards right now. I'm going to get a cavalry. Yeah, like if you if you want to find a really important card in your deck, like a trasher or an attack or something like that, then then sure it can be worth putting the cavalry in your deck at that point when it's probably a card that you already want at some point in time because you want to draw cards. Yeah. But uh but it's along the same lines of like um I I want to say like Getting getting a mission or something just for that just for that yeah. extra cycling boost well, or something I, I mean like I that. don't know like I I think I mean it it really depends on like what card it is that you're taught but let's say like you have a three four and you open steward like yeah. you could think about getting cavalry on turn two you can think about it I don't think does that actually increase your chances of seeing the steward earlier. Yes, for sure. Because <laughs> you're going to oh, see your... you still get you still get to play it if you draw it on the first two cards, right? I knew that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. That's the point there, right? <laughs> right? Right. And and like timing this is really like you can definitely mess this up if you're not careful with cavalry, right? Mm. You don't often want to gain a cavalry when you have no actions left. Um. Yeah, that doesn't seem very good. <laughs> Sometimes you do it. I've done it before. Like, you know, it's the end of the game. I have seven money in my hand and I workshop. And I'm going to workshop a cavalry because I really just need to draw a treasure of any kind because that'll get me to eight. Like, 
I, I've even desperation, like, well, I have seven money. I'm going to play a cavalry, which costs, I'm going to buy a cavalry, which costs four. In the, Hope to draw take five. Me down to three just to, because if I don't draw five more money right now, I'm going to lose. So, like, that's usually a losing play, but it may be less losing than the other options. Mm-hmm. Um, right? It's one of those things where it's like, uh, how stats can mislead you. Like, oh, people who buy duchies tend to lose. Duchy must be terrible. Like, well, you know, maybe they're buying duchies because they were behind and it compared to the other options, it made them less behind, but they're still, anyway. Um, I was, I was listening to a video recently where they were talking about silver and how silver underperforms. And I was like, it's exactly anyway. Anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to note with cavalry is, uh, it's pretty nice with gainers. Um, oh yeah, like, Ironworks one of these bad boys. Like that's kind of it feels draw. great. I mean, it is it, it, it is draw. It is draw, and it's plus buy, baby. Yeah, that's pretty I've hot. Had, I've had games where the only plus buy came from gaining cavalries, and I've made it. It's not really pretty, but sometimes if the other stuff is good enough, you can make it work. Nice. I I always believed in you, man. Yeah. So, these are all cards we've come up on. Um, uh, sure. Uh, up on at least. Yeah. I, I want to switch tack now, if we're done with cavalry. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> to a card that I've come down on. Yeah. Um, so this is another horse card. It's Livery. Yeah, this is also one that I lowered my rating on as well. So one of the things with livery is, right, you gain a horse anytime you gain a card after you've played it. First of all, it's on play, not while in play, which is very easy to get mixed up because templating has been inconsistent. Anyway, uh, so if you've thrown this, you get the effect twice. And if you play this, then you don't get the effect at all. Right. Um, but... Um, it, it's easy to imagine, oh, well, I'm going to play a livery, and then I'm going to buy, like, three things, and I'm going to get three... It's going to have given me three money and three horses, and that's really great for a fiver. And you know what? That is really great that for a fiver. sounds great. It's great. It just doesn't come up that much. <laughs> it's that relevant. Like, sure, at the end of the game like that, when you're gaining multiple cards a turn... Um, that are that are that extensive, then livery is a good card to have. I'm not like I've come down on livery. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad card. It's still a good card. Don't get me wrong. It's a good card. But um, a lot of the game, it's like, oh, well, this is a terminal gold that will draw me a card later. Yeah. But like uh-huh. later is not as good as now, and like mm-hmm. uh, terminal gold for five is fine, but it's not you know, fantastic. Yeah. So I, um, when I originally rated this card, I gave it a seven Mm -hmm. and I bumped my rating down to a five. Mm -hmm. Uh, the community had actually zero change. It was 7.74 before. And that's where it is now, even though the, you know, potentially different people rated the card. That's Um, what you call precision. Yeah, it actually, down to two decimal places, it's exactly the same mean, which is apparently what people which care is, about. Which is not mean. It's nice. Um, I suppose. 
in any case, though, like people seem to be people really seem to like livery a lot. Yeah. And I I don't know. I, I used to like it more. But like, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, like that's that kind of thing just doesn't happen. And like if I'm if I'm thinking of something I want to spend my terminal space on. Man, usually there's just more important stuff to do than drawing a card later and maybe getting three money without a buy. Like, I, yeah. it just needs so much support to to be really, really good. And then when it is really, really good, it's not really, really good. It's just kind of fine. I mean, so like, it's really, really good, but that's not that often. And I guess it's still not like, I guess by really, really good, you mean like bridge or goons or something. It's not at that level of payload. Yeah, it just never gets to be that good right yeah i I mean i think i still i i might be a touch higher i think i rated this a six i think yeah you did um then you uh like i I still think i would probably usually want a livery but like i'm gonna get a livery like right about when i'm ready to green right like if i'm gonna be double provincing as like my last money to get to that double province stage i like a livery because that way, as I'm double provincing, I don't need to then continue to get as much um, draw to be able to keep drawing my deck that is mm-hmm. filling up with green cards. Like, I think livery's really good in that role. And, like, sometimes you get one early because you just need to keep hitting five and six or whatever, and it's fine there. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not like, wowzers, this is amazing, um, very yeah. often. Yeah. I feel you, man. Uh, Another card I've come down on, and I don't know how you feel about this, but Coven. Yeah, uh, I did decrease my rating on Coven. Yeah. I gave it a 9 before, and I changed that to an 8. Yeah. So, I remember, and when I was listening to your initial impressions, I really remember, people, at some point people were like, man, this card is so good. It's, like, better than Witch because you get to dump all the curses at once. And, like, oh. I, never, I never thought that that, like, you can, that... yeah, you can, can concoct scenarios where that does make it more um, damaging. But usually you just, the bigger deal is you want to hit them before they have deck control, and Coven is not very good at doing that. Right. Um, I, I think the if you're comparing to if you're comparing Coven to Witch, then I think in the abstract that's that's not really where you want to be. Because, well, for a lot of reasons. First well, of all, I mean, the the main yeah. advantage that Coven has over Witch, right, is that it's non-terminal. Yes, you can get multiple copies of this and feel good about it. I think the comparison in my mind, without the context of a kingdom, which changes it a lot. Is I think it's more like a plunder. Yeah, which because stops if, being a plunder after the curses run out. Right, it stops being a plunder, and it, it becomes a giant, like, steaming pile that you dump on your opponent's deck at that point. So, like, it's yeah. it's a different thing, but, uh, you know, that's... That's what it becomes. But but I think when you buy the card and when you play the card early on, like it, it really isn't a junker. It's a plunder. Like right. plunder's great, but yeah. it's plunder, it's not a junker, right? Well, it's also like not typically like the thing that you want to be doing early like oh man, it's turn three. You know what I really need right now? <laughs> a 
plunder? Yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't find myself happy to buy a plunder on turn three, but of course that's not something Unless that usually I have happens. Encampments already. <laughs> right. That's but uh Coven, Coven won't keep your encampments for you. Right, that's it's rough. So uh, you gotta you gotta watch out for that. Yeah, hard hitting so, Dominion insight here. But I, mean, I think it's I think it's really interesting though when like there's Coven with other junking attacks though. I mean, I think usually the other junking attacks are better. I mean, I guess well, it depends, right? Like the good ones, I think are better anyway. Like, well, I think I think it depends though because like the. If there's other junking attacks and the curses are leaving the pile, or that just means that you're you're contested, it means that the curses are going to get there sooner. So Coven becomes more like a junking attack in that case, and so you might prioritize it a little higher. Yeah, except I think, man, we're going to get into the disagreement. I don't, I don't really think that's yeah. like. It, like I say, I think it depends on the junker. Like, if we're talking, like, familiar here, familiar is so slow and cumbersome to get that, like, forget about it, man. Uh, I'm going for the Coven instead because I don't want to have to get a potion, basically, right? Sure. Um, so if we're talking familiar, if we're talking some, like, non-reliable junker, like Jester or maybe Young Witch, depending young on the Young Witch, thing, yeah. Right? Like, we're talking one of those, I'm um, um, probably also about coven just because you know i'm i'm not that enthused about the other one but if we're talking about like something that gives a curse every time and isn't so prohibitively expensive like we're talking about soothsayer we're talking about mountain we're talking about witch we're talking about old witch right we're talking about one of these cards i'm almost always unless i'm just like can't afford any terminal space at all right and and then yeah now your now your decision is about terminal space and and so like the way you think about when you're going to get this card, how you're going to prioritize it, and you know that depends on what your opponent's doing, and also depends on your terminal space, or it depends on like I, I just think there's this card has so many modes yes. based on like what else is around, and those modes determine a lot of what you should be doing with the card, and so I think number one, it's very easy to to not get it right. Yeah. And then blame the card for that. I, and I, I really do think that that's something that happens. I see a lot of people saying that Coven is bad. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't view all those games and analyze them, but I, I have I to did. believe that some percentage I've seen every of them. Game of Dominion that's ever been played and analyzed it with absolute perfection with a supercomputer that knows all things, and the answer is forty-seven. Wow, that's amazing. I'm sorry, Adam. It's not 55. It's 47. I'm, I'm mad at you for that. But <laughs> it's not. I, don't be mad at me. I, I didn't decide for it to be 47. It just is. Yeah, anyway, sure you didn't. Um, in in any case, I do know that the the rating that like the community rating of Coven went down a little bit, and mm-hmm. I I mean I I put mine down from nine to eight. Nine is uh, nine is really good and eight is still really stinking good i think you have it at a seven which is just about where the community has it now but but i think that i mean there's there's gonna be a coven episode on this podcast probably oh i I, for one thing i love playing games with coven because it's Mm. is really intricate to figure out like do i want the coven early do i want the coven late do i not want the coven at all like there's so many different ways that you can play it and i've played 
several of my favorite games from the past several months have been coven games where one player went for coven the other player skipped it entirely and there was this really close yeah. interesting game where it's you know you're you're maneuvering around the curse pile emptying because that might end the game you're also maneuvering around it emptying because that might hurt your opponent's deck so much the opponent had better deck control because they didn't spend their five cough buys on coven but then they got 10 curses dumped on them and then their deck control was worse but then you have to play catch up and you're just like there's tons of different maneuvering and and it's really interesting i think um it's, it's like what temporum always wanted to be sure <laughs> you ever played that game it's another donald x game no Anyway. Um, but, uh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> I, I, I got him! I got him! I got him with the Temporum reference. I broke him. I broke Wandering Winder. Now I'm trying to figure out if that game is real or whether you've just made it up just to... Oh, no, it's a real it. game, and it's, like, super fun the first, like, three or four times you play it. And then yeah. you realize that every game is exactly like you described, and it's really exciting until you realize it's... Exactly the same. Anyway. I guess the, the place where I'm where I'm eventually coming to Coven is like I usually don't want it as my first five anymore. Like sometimes there's just no way to deal with the curses ever. The deck control is pretty poor, and then I'm just like slamming them as fast as I can. But mm -hmm. a lot of the time, I I'm now coming to not only like oh well, there's a thinner like a junk dealer I want to get first, which I might do for another cursor too. But I'm also coming to, you know what? I'm going to grab that, that catacombs, you know, some draw card first. And only after I'm getting closer to drawing my deck am I going to think about adding covens in. And it's going to have to maybe be dependent on what my opponent's done, where the game is. Yeah. You know, is it going to end soon? Are the points going to be important for ending soon? Is it going to give me some weird kind of pile control with the curse pile? Like still really interesting but like i think more interesting in fact than a lot of the other junkers like more interesting than mount to banker witch which you just slam so often yeah. um, this is really a lot trickier to time and uh i appreciate that yeah i agree um want to talk about some events sure let's go reap yeah the, I assume that the that the so uh, event is going to be in the next expansion, which is going to be about like needlework. Um, <laughs> of course, because you know you have to you have oh, to uh, pay oh, attention to the hashtag oh, I've, theme. I've got it. The what? next expansion will be called the Harvest Expansion because it'll be named after yet another card from the Cornucopia expansion. Huh? Right. Ah, right. Yeah. I think it's going to be called the Horn of Plenty expansion for Max Confusion. <laughs> oh God, that's. Oh no, that's yeah. Okay. For 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 Max problems for the translators. Um, oh man, that's just that's that's a hot pile of garbage right there. Anyway, Reap. Uh, yeah. So I kind of liked this when it came. Like I didn't think it was great, but I kind of liked it when it came out because like mm -hmm. you're playing a money deck. Hitting seven usually sucks, but, like, you know, getting a reap on that, that's pretty good. You're probably going to hit province the next turn. It's a way to chain gold into gold into gold pretty continuously. 
And that's all true, but it doesn't really move the needle. <laughs> sure, yeah. I, like, I, I mean, this is something I do when I'm staring at Seven, and I'm right. kind of happy about it. But, like, I can get reaped three or four turns in a row, and it's not usually that much better than if reap weren't... Like, don't get me wrong, it's better, but it's not going to be like, you know what, I wasn't going to play money, but if I can get reap on Seven, well... Oh. Like, no, it just doesn't, it doesn't move the needle on that, right? Not very often anyway. No. It's just like, oh, well, I hit seven. I guess I'll get a reap. Or maybe I hit eight and it's like turn five and I don't know if I want a province quite yet. So I'll reap so that maybe I'll province next turn or I make sure that I at least can hit reap again or something, you know, like, I don't know, like. Sure, it's something you do. And I'm sure that case will come up that I will really like where I'm playing a deck with storytellers in it and reap his draw. But uh, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that you were disappointed by reap. But, I mean, it's it's a fine card. But it's probably the worst event in the expansion. Wow, the worst event in the expansion. I think it is. Uh, I Well, I have a couple of things that I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. Well, the other one of the other contenders that I want to talk about is Commerce. <laughs> okay, yeah. Commerce, like, it looks so nice. You don't have to draw your deck. It's kind of like, um, why can't it? Windfall, right? Windfall, yeah. But that was the comparison I made. Deck. But, like, the thing is, you usually don't want to Windfall before you've drawn your deck. I mean, I sure. guess... If you're playing a money deck, you would want to windfall if you could on five any time. Like, that'd be great. But it's also, like, it's tricky to gain as many golds with commerce as you do with windfall and have it be good. Sure. It it seems very situational. I did decrease my rating on this card. It's still a little bit higher than the, the consensus it's like a around a four, and I change it from a six to a five, and I think four is where you put it. Yeah, I think it's I, very, very situational for sure. I think like uh, like let's say I just want to be able to get three golds out of it, right? I need to have gained two. No, I had to, need to have gained three other cards and st- this turn, and still have the money and buy to buy a commerce after that. Yeah. And like, like if, usually, if you can do that, why do you need commerce to add to your payload, right? I, usually by the time I can do that, I don't need to add three golds to my deck. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of the issue with commerce. Now, sometimes like there's some kind of gainer and it can be like a cheap gold. And that's fine. Yeah. I played a game with it at some point where there was treasure trove. And... Ooh. Like, I was playing money deck. There was something else going on, too, but it was like, I play a treasure trove, I buy a commerce, and that's like, I gained two golds, and I gained gold from the trove. Like, man, can you you imagine, like, that with the guild hall? Anyway, um, I digress. Uh, There's some situations for commerce, but like you say, it's very situational, and... I think it's markedly worse than Windfall. Well, I mean, I agree with you, but I think there's a lot of room to be worse than Windfall and still be good. Sure. I think Windfall is pretty good. With that said, I wouldn't use the word good to describe commerce. (laughs) No, 
it's it's good in comparison to like Harvest, like that that card that you just mentioned. Yeah. Harvest. The nice <laughs> the nice thing is that like it's an event. So you don't have to commit to trying to set up this situation by putting a card in your deck. You can just like, kind of try and yeah, like, you can just kind of try and make it happen. And if you run into that situation, great, you're going to have a good commerce. And if not, well, hopefully you've got some other good things going on in your life. And I mean, I, I have had games where I used commerce as my econ. Like there's just really good deck control, and like I've even done where it's like, well, I'm going to buy a village and a copper and a commerce because I have so much deck control that yeah. I can afford to get the copper just to give me another gold, right? Like, Yeah, it's a, it's a different way you can build your deck by getting super thin yeah. or getting thinner than you might otherwise because you can flood with golds in a but particular you, way. But you need a lot of deck control and, like, the spare body. Like, I, you could even, like, oh, man, now I have the dream of, like, I'm going to buy a copper, I'm going to buy five differently named ruins. I'm going to buy Desperation, a... get a curse. Yeah, I'm going to commerce. Oh, baby. Anyway, uh, that's, that's a pipe dream. Ha, baby has been called. Ha, baby has been called. Uh, that death cart commerce desperation synergy. Yeah. You know you want it. Yeah, and you don't want to throw it on the scrap heap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, scrap is a card that I think I've, I've come up on quite a bit. Yeah? Um, yeah. Because... Yeah. It was actually it's interesting. It was maybe it's like pretty soon after the minisode, somebody made a comment like, "Isn't this basically just like jack of all trades? You think jack is really good and scrap you didn't like that much?" And I'm like, "Well, it's different because," and I gave some reasons why it's different. And like, I think those are valid, but like, it got me to thinking. Yeah, this is a lot closer to jack than I gave it credit for. Yeah, it's kind of like hermit when hermit's pretending to be jack. Right, but like the flexibility on scrap is well, hermit isn't pretending to be Jack that often though. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a bad case for hermit. Yeah, right. Um, this card is not as good as hermit. Don't get me wrong. I agree. Uh, but like the flexibility on this card, um, just to be an early estate thinner, it does reasonably well at that. Yeah. Um, Gaining a horse is pretty nice, and getting some other bonus that's situationally good for the time you want it. Sometimes it's just the plus buy you need. It can often be non-terminal plus buy. Mm. Uh, you can, like, scrap a silver and get a silver back and get some other bonuses. You're not making that much progress there, but if if the other bonuses were something that were really lacking on the board, like plus buy or mm. sometimes draw, right? Like, uh, it doesn't really draw. Yeah, scrap uh, is scrap is not draw. You can't actually make scrap into draw. Like not even it's it, uh, yes, it doesn't work. No, because then fortress is the draw. Well, you want to call fortress the draw. I want to call scrap the draw, man. Right. Fortress is the draw here though, because the effect of going into your hand is something that belongs fortress. to fortress and can work with other cards. I realize that mathematically there's really I know. I know. I'm just trolling you. We can have this whole semantic argument. Um, anyway, <laughs> we kind of have already, actually. Well, the other thing is, it can draw you uh, to a larger than five card hand. It just cannot do that consistently, right? Like, to get a bigger than a five card hand with scrap, you would have had to have had a different turn where you have smaller than a five card hand. Right? Sure. 
equally smaller, right? So you could go for like three Zs and seven Zs maybe by doing some weird scrap shenanigans um, yes. and 11 Zs because you're a hobbit. But uh, <laughs> I prefer three Zs and seven Zs myself though. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just – it's pretty solid and, and – Somehow, I don't know how good it actually is, but it feels really good to scrap a gold. Um, uh, <laughs> that's not something I do very often, unless I'm like just having. It's fun. not something I do that often, but um, I mean, I, I think the the biggest use case for scrap usually, right, is you use it to get rid of your opening estates, and then later on, it just kind of does whatever you needed to do at the moment. Which, hmm. it's not great shakes then, but you can usually find a way to make something reasonably useful out of it. It doesn't just, like, go dead. Like, uh, I don't know, what's some card that's really bad at trashing anything but the state? Remodel. Uh, sure. <laughs> I, um, I know that's... I, but yes, I, I understand the point that you're making here. I just think, I mean, scrap is solid enough to open with, and it does enough for you early on hard. that, like... I like it better than research. All right. Me too. (laughs) There you go. That's the card I'm looking for. Um, You're just happy to open with this thing. And you can even open with two of them if that's something that you really want to do. And then sometimes, like, if there's good fodder, uh, you're pretty happy to feed, like, rats to it. Or... Silk merchant. Rats. There you go. That's another way it can draw. With rats. Now you're going to tell me that rats is the draw. Um, so I, I play a scrap, I yeah. trash a rats, yeah. and I get an action and a card and a card from rats, and now I still have the same number of cards in hand. So we yeah, didn't increase hand size. So you're going to love this. The horses draw here, not scrap. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, the card that gains me the horses, so you're saying... Slay is it draw because it's the horses that are draw? Slay plus village? Uh, kind of. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm only partially trolling you there. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, the point is, like, you know, with Fortress or Rats or, like, Skulk or something, right? Something where you're getting cards that have some non-negligible cost but you don't really care about having them in your deck. Yeah. Uh, scrapping those is, is uh, yeah, pretty good, nice at times. And at other times, it's the only plus buy on the board, and you're like pretty happy that there's a plus buy card, and you're often pretty happy that there's a plus buy card that can be non-terminal. So, yeah, yeah it, it fills a nice little role, even if it's not like a spectacular card. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, uh, well... So those those are the cards where you've uh, changed your first impressions, right? That's the... Yeah, I mean, like, roughly speaking, I mean, I probably changed my first impressions on everything, but those were the ones that stood out that I that I wanted to be like, well, these are the ones I really want to talk about how stupid I was. Um, oh, yeah. There's, there's one that comes to mind when I want to talk about how stupid I was. Oh, I was and, so happy uh... to see that this changed this much. Yeah. Because I was, was listening to that podcast last week, and I'm like, what is he talking about? So, uh, yeah, so it's Gatekeeper. I gave Gatekeeper a 7, and I have changed that rating. It is a 2 now. 
I still and, think you're overrating it, by the way. <laughs> uh, the the consensus rating is about a 2.5, and right. that dropped significantly. It was one of the bigger drops as well. I have a great excuse for why I rated it so high, though. Because there was a previous version of the card that was better? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? When Gatekeeper costs four, and it, it did exactly this at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And and I played a number of games with Gatekeeper because um, I was part of the discussion in getting this nerf to cost five. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you, Gatekeeper is just a lot more strong when it costs four. Because you can open with this. Yeah. And it means that you're basically going to be hitting five on turn four or turn five. Or actually, you're basically going to be hitting six. Mm-hmm. And the situations where you have four in the opening and you care deeply about hitting six with some amount of urgency with a decent shot of hitting seven, those are a lot more common than the cases where I hit a five early and I don't have any other five that I want, but I really care about hitting six sometimes seven. too. Or, or even seven. Like, like those, that, just, that just doesn't happen. Is, if you're hitting five and you really want to hit six, like silver will do that. And usually by the time you're hitting five, there's some option that's better than silver. But, well, I mean, if you if you didn't open five two, I would say that is definitely the case. Yes, yes. I, I, and, and that's what happens in most games, right? If you – and so – That's true. That's a fair caveat. When Gatekeeper costs four, this was just the thing that happened. And then also it had this attack that was kind of oppressive if it hit your opponent the right way on turn three, turn four, and that was unfun, and that's why that, this got nerfed to five. So, yeah, like, it seems, like, really annoying. Early, like, e- even as it is now, like, when my opponents have gotten it, and I'm like, that's not a good card. Like, I, I still, like, I feel like, and I tend to, like, win those games because it's not a good card, and right. it's usually something better to do. But even so, like, the attack, while it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't play anymore, or, you know, as oppressive as Mountebank or Militia or something, it's it's still, like, annoying. It's like, oh, I can just play around that. It's like, yeah, but I have to. Mm-hmm. You, you do have to. And, and I think, also, getting hit by this attack when it's played on turn three or turn four, that's when it actually matters. Like, the right. effect of getting hit at that point is so, so much more significant than if you got hit on turn five, turn six, or, you know, a whole shuffle later, basically. It's it's like it's delaying you hitting five for a shuffle because you kind of hit five, but you didn't get the fiver in your deck. uh, Yeah, that's that's a way to look at it. It, And and also, like, if I really care about the payload here, the $3 next turn, like, that, that has the Raider problem, right? Like, a lot of the times, if you care about putting an attack in your deck and you want to get the benefits of this payload, chances are you're going to be building a lot, and you care about the fact that I have to buy two copies of this $5 card in order to increase my per-turn income by three. You know what I have to say to that? What? Should have been a silver. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're doing a lot worse than silver here. So you really have to come up with some pretty contrived scenarios to where you actually want to put this card in your deck basically ever. Yeah. Maybe and... on a five, two, the, the one time I remember putting a, a, a gatekeeper in my deck and being happy and thinking that was a good play. Uh, first of all, it was the obelisk pile. 
Um, okay. And second of all, duchies were taxed to high heaven. <laughs> all right. And it's like, well, I'll take two points with no debt rather than three points with six debt. <laughs> hmm. All right. <laughs> we did it, and guys. Hey, I got to play a gatekeeper more than once in that game. Ooh, fancy. Um, but I mean, okay, there's the, the other situation that I've joked about Gatekeeper, the next best case for Gatekeeper, was it's three types for Courtier. There you go. Sometimes that's what you need. No, that's not ever what you need. There's no situation when that is just I, what you need. I've seen it happen, but it was like right after the set came out, and it was like, ooh, I'm going to get a Gatekeeper because it's a new shiny card. And then... Mm -hmm courtier was on the board and it's like hey i can reveal this gatekeeper to my courtier that's nice synergy yeah one day one day you'll somebody will contrive a, i mean it's probably not that hard to contrive a board where you really need a three type card but by the way black cat is also three types nice. i've had that actually come up a number of times hmm. not like as a oh this will decide my game plan but it's like Hey, I wanted Black Cat anyway. Now Courtier is looking pretty good. <laughs> Look, I get three things now. That's so many things. I yeah. love things. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Gatekeeper. Um, there's there's actually... Uh, really, it's just cards that are less good than what I thought they were. Mm -hmm. So we talked about Livery. Uh, I also wanted to talk about Cardinal. Yeah. Um, I gave Cardinal a five before, and I bumped that down to a three. Mm -hmm. It's... um. It's a lot of the same type of attack feel badness that the uh, original Gatekeeper usually had, but um, you just, I mean, it, it annoys them, but right. it maybe doesn't annoy them. And, and especially, like, this, is, this tends to be a lot worse to open with, because the oh, odds yeah. that it's going to actually do something to annoy them in any sort of significant way are pretty low to the point where, why am I investing my terminal space in this? Right. Yeah, and that's that's usually the thing for me. Um, I think I've actually come up a little bit on Cardinal. Uh, um, you gave Cardinal a four? Yeah. I, I, I don't know about my initial impression, but there was some point where I was really low on Cardinal. And, like, there are spots for it that I see now, right? Um, like what? Uh, traveler games sometimes like you nail their traveler oh. and it's pretty sad. Okay, that is that actually is a thing. Um, like and and then sometimes just like uh, well, and this is the the use that people often point out for it is uh, you know oh well then when a when a pile runs out then you start hitting with cardinal and they can't get the stuff back and that's true and sometimes that comes up. I just find that usually, not always, but usually in that situation, it's like, so some important pile has run out. Now I want to get a cardinal. Isn't the game about to end? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and it isn't always. Sometimes you do want to get a cardinal and just like get rid of their villages or whatever it is. But I think that's often overrated. Much like I think mm. splits are often overrated and like. Well, I'm going to win the bridge split. I got seven bridges. And you're like, great, you have two villages. Have fun. <laughs> I'll, buy, nice. I'll buy three provinces, two turns, and 
you can buy eight provinces two turns after the game ends. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds pretty exciting. It does sound exciting. Yeah. Uh, so another thing, another thing that I reduced my opinion of, uh, Pursue. Oh, yeah. You said Commerce is the, the worst event in the game. I think it's Pursue. No, I said Reap was the first worst event in the expansion. Not not in the or game. That, the yes, yeah, that's what I meant. I thought you said Commerce was the I, worst. I said event Reap, the... and then I said that Commerce maybe gave it a run for its money. Okay. But I think Pursue is better than both of them. Yeah, the thing is, I've just played a lot of games, and I've never gotten this because I don't have the two money to spare. Like, there are times when I got Scouting Party because, you know, I had two money to spare, but, like, it, it's just... I don't know. This isn't good. I mean, I think this is very similar to, to Scouting Party. Um, yes. I, I don't think it's nearly as bad as you're saying with two. Um, like, I just think there's a reasonable amount of time where just triggering a shuffle, and this can do it from pretty far away, is really nice. Um and especially I think that, that's overstated. I'm I'm mostly thinking about like turn four if turn three has fallen right. Um like turn three had uh at least one of my openers and I bought a really good card on turn three. Turn four I can pursue and then um maybe do something else. Um and then I have a, sh- a small shuffle on turn five and it's got a couple good cards in it and like, I'm not going to build my game plan around Pursue. Um, I mean, I, I one day dream of having that that board where I discard tunnels a whole bunch or that board where I reveal a whole bunch of patrons many, many times in a row uh, and just rack up the coffers and then, like, buy a villa and do it again. <laughs> but... Uh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, that's not, that's not something really that's going to happen. I think it's just... I, Wait I a think, second. Is, is there an infinite loop you can do with Pursue, Villa, and Way of the Horse with Patron? Um, Way of the Horse? Yeah. So, like, let's say you draw your deck Way except for four patrons. Draw your patrons. No, no, no. Oh. I think you want Way of the Butterfly. Okay, sure. Let's do that one. So... Yeah, so you, like, draw your deck except for four patrons. Then you pursue a bunch, and you get a billion coffers. It's and then still you get a... Because still what? You, it's still not infinite because you lose buys if you butterfly the, the, the villa. Seaway! Yeah, yeah. You can get it to be infinite. It just takes more than, more than that. There yes. we go. We did it, guys. Pursue infinite combo. Scouting party could have never done that. Because it doesn't say reveal. We That's did right. it, guys. We did it. So anyway, uh, right, I, I just don't think Pursue right. is all that great. And then when, when you do get it, like, how impactful is it? I think that part is what... Uh. I, think, I think... So something I noticed when I was listening to the episode last week, it seems to me like the things that you rated low tended to be, like, things that you can't build a game plan around. They're, uh-huh. low, they're lower impact. Well, I right in the sense that you would say that, but I don't think yeah. I agree that they're lower impact. Okay. Um, so, I 
basically like all, all it seemed like a lot of the things where you were like pretty low on something and I was like but this is really good I, it seemed to fall into the category of you're not going to build your game plan around this you're not going to like look at the board and be like this will be a key card on this board um, you're just going to say but you but what I find in my practice is there comes a lot of points in the game where it's like it it's doing a little bit extra for me um, and just helping me optimize and get a little bit more out of, of what I'm doing. I think Pursue yeah. falls in this category. I think we're going to talk about Gamble a little later. That really, I think, falls in this category. I think Gamble's great, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, and I, I, think that- I, think this is, I think this is more an issue with like, how we assign numbers to how good things are because we can agree on how good this thing actually is. I think it's but- really good in these situations. Like, um, also, just any time that I open with a trasher on turn one, um, not any time, but a lot of the times, like pursuing it on turn two, I can get thin so much faster than if pursue wasn't around. Hmm. Hmm. Also, like I might be I'm convinced gonna, to make this a three instead of a two because I'm, of I'm opening shenanigans. Something and then buy a two, or I'm going to pursue something and then buy a, you know, like. On a 3-4, I'm going to open Steward, and then I'm going to pursue the Steward, and then I'm going to buy a Lackeys. I don't know. Whatever. You know, that, like, that's a good opening. But it's not okay, like I... I'm going to build my deck around buying, buying Pursue a whole lot. Like, no, that's just not going to happen. It, okay. It, I, I think it is largely something you do early, and then, like, when you're doing it later, you're not that happy. Um, or it just doesn't matter that much. But I think, I think the impact that it has tends to be early in the game, and it kind of makes sense, right? It's when uh, your good cards are so much better than every other card in your deck that you're willing to throw away a lot just to find them a lot more. Because your starting cards suck, and so you have like two good cards, and you just really want to find one of them. Okay, that's reasonable. Anyway, continue. Um, well, as I was going to say, I um, I would be willing to give it a three instead of a four. Hot. Action. In light of that, this this is starting to feel like Night Watchmen, only a lot better because you don't have to put a Night Watchmen in your deck. Which is the problem with Night Watchmen. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Man. Uh I was watching a game the other day, and somebody got an early Night Watchman, and it was like letting them get through their Traveler line a lot faster, right? That's another thing you could do with Pursue, by the way. Um, they were getting through their Travelers a lot faster, and then it was like turn five or six or something, and they were up to like Disciple or something. And like they have these two bats in their hand, and they choose to... N- oh, and they had supplies, so they're putting horses on top of their deck... And they're, like, still not trashing their Night Watchmen. And I'm like, it's only looking at two cards because you have horses seated on top of... Why aren't you trash Anyway. Okay. Cool story, bro. Pursue is not a combo with supplies. Uh, yeah, that doesn't seem that way. So uh, the last card that I decreased my rating on uh, was Stampede. Yeah. I, I gave this a five before I took it down to a three. Yep. Uh, it looks like you are in agreement there. Um, 
Both of us think this is a, a three, and the consensus is uh, right about a five. I'd like to know when these people are buying Stampede and having it actually be good. Like, I understand it can happen, but, like, that's not a place that you want to be, and the upside of it is mediocre. I, I do want to mention, you were talking last time about you hadn't found that combo with it yet. There is there is one there for Stampede. All right, let's hear it. It's Storeroom. Stampede Storeroom. Yeah. So you draw up to a... What is it? It's a, a 10-card hand. Okay. Right? Is that right? Okay. And then you store room, and you discard most of your cards, and then I think you have, like... I'm trying to think. You need to have... You need to have 13. Yeah, and you had 10 cards, right? So you... You had cards. 10, but you, one of them was a storeroom. You need to have so like a few silvers, two or golds, or something. four silvers. There's a way you can do this. I haven't ever actually had it, but but I I am told by people who have practiced it that like it's it's fairly consistent um, and fairly quick to to get set up to where you're. And I can't remember whether you're trying to build to like double stampede. Or I, I think there's like some options that you can do, but usually you're just going for province stampede, and uh, and you have like a couple storerooms and and a, and some treasures, and and you can actually get set up kind of fast to where you're like province and stampede every turn. Um, that's that's the one. Um, hmm. Color me skeptical. It, it it's not like uh it's not like lurker hunting grounds or anything, but it's it's something that you might play in on a real board. I'd like to see some numbers on that. How fast can I get to four provinces, eight provinces, that kind of thing? Yeah. Um I I I think it's like relatively similar to gear money question mark? Okay. So like but it, not... it gets wrecked by attacks a lot more. Well, just discard attacks. Yeah. Discard attacks, yeah. Um anyway. Um so so that's a thing. Uh I had a game where somehow it like there was it was a colony game and it ended up this weird thing where it was like you wanted to do a thing where you stampeded and you played a whole bunch of horses and then a goons and then like get back to st- it was very strange but it was like pretty good there and like i had a margrave and i'm like i don't want to play this margrave because i just want to keep i was i don't remember there's a video on my channel there's some weird cases where it does some pretty nice things um if you want to hit like seven early it can do that for you like if you want to if there's inheritance on the board there's a pretty decent chance that the first time you hit five you want to stampede because it'll help you hit seven once yeah it's like Um, a situational mini tactician yeah yeah or like forge sometimes right similar to that right but i also find like for me for the most part like oh you have a 5-2 opening you can get stampede uh like let's say there's nothing you wanted for your two you can get stampede on turn one but it's not usually much of any better or worse than just buying the fiver right away Mm-hmm. Assuming you didn't want a six or a seven, 
Um, and other than that, like, yeah, if I'm playing a money deck, kind of like what you said uh, on your first impressions with Mission, if I need to hit Province and I miss Province, Duchy doesn't doesn't really matter. I there's a good chance I'll st- stampede then, right? I can stampede most turns in a money deck by the time that I'm, you know, midway through the game because I'm not playing that many cards in a turn. And it, it well might be better than a duchy. So that's like the biggest use, but that's not a lot of value. Yeah, so it's pretty situational. Yeah, it's definitely situational. There's, yeah. like I say, I think I've seen like two games where it was like, oh, Stampede is an important strategic... Th- oh, this is the other thing. Uh, keep in mind that it can empty five changelings. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> Uh, I've I've seen that come up where it's like, well, piles are Dude. getting low, but blah, blah, blah. oh, Stampede empties the last five changelings. There's no doubt in my mind that you have seen that come up. So I've seen I've seen it be important in like three games for a strategic purpose, but it's not it's not a big impact card. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, those are the, all all of the big changes that I uh, made at least comparing my first impressions to the current thing. Yeah, let's let's talk about ways where I think that that everyone is wrong. Wrong? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so, we previewed this a, a bit ago when we were talking about pursue, but gamble. Oh man, gamble is great. Um So you said that gamble isn't a big effect. Right. Like you, I I actually think I actually think it is. Like Oh, Gam- gamble is a village, and villages are big effects. Oh, I think gamble is. I think of gamble more as draw. <laughs> it's well, it's also draw. You it's you got to increase your hand draw. size. Gamble yeah. is two cost lost city that you don't have to put in your deck confirmed. Yes. Um. The the problem is. <laughs> It costs you $2 every time you play it, not just one time to buy it, and then you play it as much as you want. Right. So, But, so, uh, I think a big thing for Gamble is kind of similar to what I was talking about with Pursue, which is early in the game, actually. Uh, like Really? Trigger, yeah, I really do. You want to trigger, you want to get back to your thinner fast, and you just gamble a few times, and... um. Something that happens a lot in the early game is uh, you gamble and you have a lot of coppers in your deck, so it gamble usually effectively costs like one. Um, and you just chew through your deck a bit because um, you want to get back to those good cards because the rest of your cards are so bad. So so I have done this before, and and it can be very good. It's very situational. I, I, I do need... want to stress... You need you some synergies. Wanna, you don't just want to do this blindly like every time. Uh, you need to Right, it's very it's very it. thematic, right? Yeah. You don't want to just gamble your life away all the time. You want to pick and choose the spots where yo this is going to be good for you. <laughs> yes, YOLO. So so I think that you know, you're just looking for a couple of specific situations or synergies. Like um situations are the value of cards in your deck is overall very high, so gamble effectively costs less. Right. It's one situation. So that means and, and you've trashed your starting cards, you basically. 
by value there, you, you generally mean actually making money. Making money or, or really just that you're happy to make the exchange of $2 for whatever that card's going to get you. Yeah. So, the like, if it's an attack. Being, yeah. yeah. Yes, an attack works fine. The important thing, though, being that it's not like I've added a bunch of draw cards to my deck because you don't really want to gamble into those. Sure, it's like I didn't find all my payload this turn. Yeah. And and I'm going to increase my payload by gambling because I'm going to find this workshop, right? And now I don't right. have to spend a buy and I get to gain an extra thing. Or it's important for me to play an attack every turn. I didn't find it this turn. I'm going to gamble until I find it. Right. Or just the other... The, I think probably the most common scenario I've found is that it's like the thing I want to buy this turn doesn't cost as much money as I have, and either there's a, a good card I I might hit, like a workshop or an attack or whatever, or there's a bunch of bad cards I'd like to skip past, right? There's estates on mm -hmm. top of my deck, and I don't mind because I'm not going to use the money anyway. In either of those cases, like skipping a bad card or getting an extra payload effect, both of those are really nice to have for free effectively if you weren't going to use the money anyway um and then like sometimes it's like that turn four scenario and you're like i just want to trigger this shuffle because the cards in my hand right now and in my deck are so bad and the cards in my discard pile are so good but oh it can be worse than pursue it could be worse than pursue <laughs> um yeah it could be um, there's occasional cases I've seen where there isn't other draw on the board, but you can get thin enough and mm. your like deck contents, uh, making enough money, what have you, that you can basically have gamble be your whole draw. Oh yeah. Assemblage. Um, yeah, and and that was that was another case I was talking about. Like, if you could, if you can just trash all your starting cards, and like the overall value of stuff in your deck is going to be to where that exchange is good for you, then then yeah, you can just enter your buy phase and just you can just shove your deck completely full of payload and just yeah. gamble. You know, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. I find, and typically you have to have some really good money producing card which also um, gives buys usually i'm thinking like gold flood so like donate market square <laughs> sure yeah donate market square i'm thinking or uh, like tunnel or something like that you know the, the big case uh that i found if you can draw your deck and there are stockpiles sometimes even if you can't oh draw there your is deck, there's the gamble stockpile loop that is a thing yeah and you empty all the stockpiles and play them all many times and then probably win the game. If not that turn, then you have like some overwhelming advantage, right? Well, it, it doesn't make that much money unless there's a, a good amount of stockpiles still left in the supply. Right. But if there's like seven... If, okay, so if there are like seven stockpiles in the supply, you can usually like... And you can usually pile out... You can usually like empty three piles and score like, like 20 points or something. But the, the problem is... Why are there that many stockpiles in the supply? Yeah, the thing is, even if there's only like two or three, you can make like I don't know a couple like bucks, yeah, or twenty money or something, and 
you're and you're denying all the stockpiles from your opponent and like you're just way ahead usually right because it hasn't cost you anything and you've gotten some free money and buys if if what you want is to gain a lot of stockpiles i think that's especially good it, it can take you from from a place of i've prioritized debt control and now i can shove all of the stock the remaining stockpiles in my deck quickly because that's a thing that i want it allows you to go for a build like that as opposed to something uh, that you might more commonly see with stockpile which is um not a card that i have on the list to talk about but like is well it's a very strong card and and the fact is like you need to Wait, just be getting it stockpile uh it's not on the list uh, I mean, okay I, we're gonna talk about stockpile right now stockpile is really good people it, it <laughs> was it was rated really highly. Like I gave it a nine, you gave it a ten. It's one of the highest rated in terms of what the community thought in the yeah, entire you're set. You're all underrating it, people. This is my different <laughs> they... consensus. This card is a ten out of ten. Okay. Like, I mean, they gave it an eight point five. It's not right. that underrated. How can you rate it so low? This card is a ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a nine. That's Why really are you good. so low on stockpile, Adam? Okay, so I know you're trolling me, but this is this is actually something that I was thinking about, and and actually applies to gamble. Because here's the thing, we were we're talking about gamble. You gave that an eight. I yeah. gave it a five. Yeah. I don't think we actually disagree on like when you use this and the impact that it has. But you gave it an eight, and I gave it a five. I don't feel compelled to change my rating. I don't think you feel compelled to change yours, right? Now gamble's an eleven. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I stand thoroughly corrected. <laughs> and, and you know the the consensus the the rating is just above five, and so maybe maybe they're missing something, or or maybe the fact that this is more situational causes people to rate it lower. And and how much does that matter to each of you? Well, that's a flaw with using numbers to rate cards, right? And and that's just something that we have to deal with. But I thought this anyway, was a great example of that. Let's talk about demand. Oh, okay. Let's talk about so demand. I demand that we talk about the next man. Thank you edit so much. This so it goes different. I demand <laughs> that we talk about a different event next. And that is a, a five cost one that gains a horse and a card costing up to five on top of your deck. And now you might say, hey, this is just worse. This is just worse summon. And a lot of For times. For the most it part, is it is. <laughs> But, but there's, there's a lot of room to be worse than summon and still be pretty good. There's also a decent number of cases where it can be better than summon. Didn't um, we talk about horse synergies for like the first few minutes of this episode? Is a big case where it's better than summon. It's a um, huge deal, yeah. Procession, like demanding procession, oh baby. It's, it's real good. Demanding like, anything. Any throne that you can, so throne or procession. Yeah. But like, it, you don't have to demand the throne. You just have to have them in your deck because you want horses, right? right. And, and that's you also, great. You can demand the throne. You can like be turn one. I'm going to demand throne room. You can like, do it. I, I don't know if that's what I do, but I might. And like, that's better than summoning throne room. <laughs> you got him. Um, but also, you can demand cards that aren't action cards, which... Usually, you want an action. Um, mm -hmm. Action cards are generally better than all other cards. Sometimes you don't. Um, there is a game I played semi recently where I played money and demand was part of my strategy because I had courtyards. 
and then I would demand either a courtyard or a silver, like as it got into the later game, because I knew I needed yeah. to be able to empty the provinces. So it's like, I'm not going to buy a duchy. I'm going to demand a silver. And demanding a silver was way better than whatever else I was going to do on five in that game. It's like, it's like a mini reap. It's probably better than reap in that situation. Like well, if I had seven, it's probably not. But Well, I, no, I, I think it... Reap. It depends on if you hit seven, right? Or, I mean, of well, course, I yeah, would rather I, reap than demand no, a silver I, I most of the I time. Had seven, but I, if I had seven, I'd probably <laughs> rather reap. But uh, sure, but but it's like a mini reap, you know. But given given that I don't know what I'm going to hit on a board, I'd rather have access to demand than reap, probably in that situation. Yeah, it's it's a good thing though that we know this because uh, a lot of times when I'm playing Dominion. I have to choose which kingdom cards and events that I have access to that my opponent might not. I'm kidding. Exactly. Please continue. Um, <laughs> but like uh, the thing is also there's a lot of cases where oh oh this is another situation. I think I had a harbinger. There's something I was talking about harbinger at some point. Demanding a harbinger can be better than summoning it. If okay. there, if yeah. you've got like a really big deck. Yeah. And you want to be able to play that card next turn instead of the turn after. You demand a yeah. Harbinger, then you play the Harbinger, then you play the horse. You're good to go, baby. If you had summoned the Harbinger, you have to have another draw card in your hand. Okay, so so this section of the podcast isn't really about how Wandering Winder gave demand an eight it's, and the consensus with, with a six. <laughs> this section of the podcast is really about different situations where demand can be better than summon. No, but I, I, I think generally, like, you very often don't notice that it's worse than Summon either. Like, generally, they're basically equivalently as good. It's, it's by an action. So if you care deeply about that action, uh, right. then then sure. Versus horse tricks that you might be able to do for all the different horse stuff we talked about or needing a differently named action card. And, and to be fair... A lot of those horse synergies involve the presence of villages, right? Because the whole throne room family is a bunch of villages. So I yeah. usually don't care about actions that much if those cards right. are available. Right. And then, like, occasionally I've, like I say, there's sometimes, like, you can summon a, or you can demand a silver or a potion or an estate or something. I don't Ooh, know. Dat potion. Or... You demand something, and that increases your triumph points by more. Man, I can't, I can't resist the edge case. <laughs> we all have to do what we're best at. Oh, speaking of uh, things that make triumph better, huh? Yeah, there's there's two events in this set that cost ten, mm. and I think people have them kind of backwards. Um, so okay. alliance gives you one of all the basic cards, uh, not curse. Um, apparently, you know, there, there I, was an I earlier version. When you said that it, it did one point. I think that would make yeah. it uh, a lot worse. Yeah, worse. yeah, it did. <laughs> I think I think Alliance is really good, really, really good. You um, gave it an eight, and I gave it a five. I I don't think uh, kind of like Coven and Stockpile. I don't think you just want to buy it willy nilly every time you can. Right? I agree. Um, but I think in most games, you really want to get an alliance at least at some point. Um, well, it's really nice to be able to just, like, get ten victory points for yes. one buy. That, um, that matters if you're building more. 
It matters if you're building more. It also matters, like, it's pretty good if you're playing money and you can make it to 10. Just mm-hmm. like, it adding, increases your money density. Well, it doesn't, okay, it doesn't increase. I, I, it, it's unclear what it does to your money density versus just getting a province, but it's pretty close. Yeah. And, uh, like, if you have potential for terminal collision, then it really alleviates that. Um, but also, and it's also like, more points. It's more points without really hurting your decks significantly more than province, yeah. Yeah. and maybe hurting it less than province. So, like, it's pretty good in those situations. And then, if you are building bigger and drawing more and doing more stuff, you usually want to alliance at least at the end of the game because if you don't, your opponent probably will and just win the game off the back of that. So you need to play with it in mind at some point. Even if that isn't like the first greening I'm going to do is alliance. That's a good voice. Yeah. So, so I find that that alliance is something that you need to play with in mind in the vast majority of games, even if it's not going to be like I'm going to click it five times this game. <laughs> um, well, everyone knows that the more times that a card is gained, the stronger that card is. And the same thing with events. The more times you do it, the stronger it is. That's why so donate it, is that that's why that's why donate is one of the worst. It's, it's uh, kind of mediocre because you usually only get it once or twice a game. Right. Also, and if like, it was better, chapel. you would be doing it more, obviously. Also like chapel, you only got one. Right. And also chapel costs two and donate costs zero. So that should be your hint, right? They're not very good. Right. Uh, and donate puts you into death. Like, who populate would want is that? the other ten cost event, and this is another one. It's it's actually, I think when they were previewed, they, this was previewed at the same time as livery. So there were a whole bunch of games that had both, and uh... yeah, that can do some stuff together. Because like if you have played a livery and then you populate, you get a whole bunch of horses a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So that's like a, a nice synergy, which I think people maybe made overrate both of these things. Populate, sure. I find, yeah, there are there are times for sure where populate is just like <laughs> this. This event is so busted, and mm. it's just very very good, right? I I have seen people contrive, and I guess I don't know how much of this was with extra menagerie enabled, where there were a whole bunch of menagerie cards on every board. But apparently it's happened in real games um, where populate allows you to like loop with either villa or cavalry and you like gain enough actions that they make 10 money and can draw themselves and then you <laughs> populate kind of again and then you empty like 12 piles in one turn. <laughs> that sounds hilarious and um, sounds like it probably involves King's Court. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't even have to though. Just like sure, but but you you really need villa or cavalry and and some good cards. The problem is like so. Yes, there are situations where populate's really really good, but the problem is you're often uh, have a poor balance of villages to terminals or draw cards, the stop cards, or the game is ending. Or, like, mm-hmm. I, I find that usually there's some problem that comes up to where maybe I populate once, but, like, I can't really sit around and afford to populate a whole bunch. Um, and then there's so, sometimes where it's really, really great, and, like, it's pretty good with scrying pool, because, like, 
I just gained seven actions in Scrying Pool. One Scrying Pool will draw them all. Um. Yeah, sounds to me like that populate loop might have a Scrying Pool in it, huh? Yes, Scrying Pool could be a way to do it, right? You, just, you have enough things that make money and a villa and a Scrying Pool, and you just keep populating, and boom, there you go. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you my experience with Populate. Yeah. There was, there was a game I played. Uh, it had Cemetery, so it had the Haunted Mirror. There was Ghost involved. But it was also a uh, remake. And mm-hmm. so, like, you know, we remade. We got our decks down pretty thin. And then it was like, oh, Populate's going to be good here because there's a lot of things I want. And then, you know, the things you don't want, you can just remake them, right? It's fine. Yeah. I have this remake anyway, so uh, it's nice food for the remake. And it happened that both my opponent and I got to the point where it's like, okay, we, we hit 10, we got our ghost in hand, and, mm-hmm. and populate is the thing to do. And you and ghosted my, remakes. And, and no, 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 he didn't. He oh, ghosted you. something good, and I ghosted a remake, and I lost the game because of that. Feels and for, bad, man. And for that reason, populate is bad. <laughs> Gave it a 5 out of 10. I'm kidding. I mean, that's how good I think it is. I, I mean, actually, that's a good point to bring up. I think trash for benefit cards like remake or the Mm. one that I'm most particularly thinking of is Apprentice. They can help you out when you have some of those imbalances on draw or or something. You just, like, feed the other actions you gained to your your trash or benefit cards, and you're like, we're good. Um, Mm -hmm. So so that does help it out. But, But I think part of the problem is often just, like, okay, by the time that I can populate... Do I have time to populate so much? And is it really so much better than, like, I could just buy two or three good cards? Yeah, it's it's hard for me to imagine situations where I would want to populate more than once in a game, aside from it's, the crazy stuff you were saying. It's easy for me to imagine it. Um, well, okay, I, I imagine it's very easy for you to imagine edge cases wandering around. I mean, it, I, I, I've seen, like, there are plenty of boards where it's it's probably just good to do, but it, as a fraction of boards with populate on them, I just think it's pretty rare. Because by the time you're populating once, the game's probably close enough to over that you can't be spending 10 money on populate that many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably happens, I don't know, 5% of populate boards or something that you want to populate more than once, but it's pretty rare, I think. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's mention quickly, I, I don't really get rating ways, but um, I'm, I'm going to talk about them anyway, a couple of them. Way of the any, Frog. Any way? Huh? Yeah, any way. Uh, way of the Frog. <laughs> um, like, yeah. this is awful. <laughs> Uh, you I gave it a two. Never use this. It's so bad. Uh, I gave it a five. The community gave it a four, and you gave it a two. So yeah, I'm a little it's bit terrible. I mean, it doesn't feel great to do it, but like the the thing is, I think this is a difference in play style to where I think this is probably better than other people do, because like when I mean, Way of the Frog is. Pretty bad if you're drawing your deck, right? And drawing it's your pretty, deck is really good. I think when you're drawing your deck might be the best case for it. <laughs> Why? I don't see how it's useful in that 
Because I've drawn my deck, I have one card of Overdraw, and I see the village like a Wandering Minstrel to my next turn, and that way I'm reliable. Okay, that that seems pretty bad, but sure, whatever. I mean, I don't think it's great there, but like I can imagine doing it there and being reasonably happy with it. I think, in general, it's so... Like... I just is, think if you're playing money density and you you want to have like terminals in your deck, then then you can just way of the frog makes it so you really don't have to worry about colliding the terminals that much. I, no, like, I, I think can you put do. I can put I, that second and third militia in my deck when or like you know I put the second one in where I would only have one otherwise, or I put the third in where it, you know like the third terminal where I would only otherwise have two. And I know a lot of people would normally build their deck that way and just accept the terminal collision. I would not do that, but I might do that more often with Way of the Frog around. So I agree you want to probably do it a little bit more, but I don't think you want to do it very much more because just, like, having to frog one of your things is so bad. And Militia especially, like, I have a three-card hand that has two Militias in it. I mean... Sure, Militia may not have been the best example. Probably I just discarded one of them rather than frog it, but in that case, the frog wasn't any value for me. I mean, the worst that any way can be is that, like, you just never play it, right? You never Mm -hmm. use it. That's the worst it can be. They're all upside. Wait a second. Militia's a fine example. Okay. Yeah, I want to play that stupid thing every turn. Sure. I mean, I don't know. It's it's fine. I I think it's fine. I just, like... Yeah. uh, I don't want to get so many more militias because I really don't want to be frogging them because if I'm frogging them, it's like I've drawn one fewer card because I've stuck a card yeah. on top of it. It's If any of you play Magic the Gathering, right, there's, there's two kinds of bounce spells that Blue has, right? You can make a card go back to their hand, which is card disadvantage for you. You spent a card and they still have that card. Or you can make it, them put it on top of their deck, in which case you have to realize that's more card advantageous because they have to draw that card. Way of the Frog is the same thing, right? When you put that card on top of your deck, you have to draw it again. It's yeah. just so bad. It's just like in Magic the Gathering, yeah. Um, I wish I could remember the name of the the two and a blue spell. Phantasmal Bear! That... No, Phantasmal Bear only costs a single blue, and it's a 2-2 illusion that uh, when you when a spell or ability, when it becomes the target of a spell or ability, you have to sacrifice it. I, I actually yeah. know that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. That's good. Uh, anyway, uh, the point is, like, having to redraw the card is pretty bad. Uh, I guess I should mention Kermit the Hermit. Kermit the Hermit. Yeah, you could do a thing with Hermit where you weigh the frog it and you get a madman and keep the Hermit. Kermit the Hermit? The frog... Oh, <laughs> that's the funny. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty I didn't good. come up with that. Uh, but uh, I've also found that like I've had a couple games that had both Hermit and weigh the frog in it, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is a thing, and then I'm like... Hmm. When do I want to do this? Because, like... Is there Market Square? <laughs> I'd usually pretty good not... then. Well, no, because when you... When you... The thing is, when you... Uh... When you frog the Hermit, you don't get its normal effect. Yeah, but you still get a Madman, right? Right, but, like, 
So now, now the hermit split matters a lot less, especially in the mirror. I guess, but yeah. I think like for most of the game, I still would rather like play the hermit, trash an estate, gain another hermit, not have the hermit on top of my deck. I don't know, okay. maybe not. But like, I want to. I don't know. I, okay. I don't think you want to do it too much. Like, you can get to a point where it's like, okay, you're gaining three hermit, you're getting three madmen every turn. But your starting hand is three hermits and two other cards. You better hope that one of them's a madman. <laughs> yeah, I could see that mattering in a hermit market square game. It, it can matter and, in some hermit games. And the end. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't see it mattering like any it, other time. Like there are probably situations where you want to do it like once or twice, but I don't know. I, I think people have come up with games where they've done it a lot. I've not found that to be my experience in my mm. games with it, but I don't know. Your mileage may vary. Be aware of how it works rule-wise. Don't necessarily be like, oh, this is a strong... Because maybe it is, but... I don't know. Anyway. And you get the pun, so... You know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's cute. Yeah. We want to talk about cards where you think everybody's wrong? I do. I would love to talk about that. Uh, so let's uh, let's go from the bottom of the list. So um, I want to talk about Kiln first. Uh, I gave this card a 6 in my first impression, and I've decided to up that to a 7. Whoa. And uh, the community gave this a uh, 5, and it, it didn't really change all that much uh, from the first impressions. Uh, I think... So, like, Kiln is basically a, a better version of Explorer. I mean, I know it's not quite that simple but like plus two gain a silver to hand is about the worst that this card can be and that's what explorer can be and that's pretty stinking good but kiln can just get so much better with any village kiln is just really good and it, just wait, being able is to it? yeah you can just gain so many things it's like haggler i it's mean basically haggler can't you gain one thing you can get you multiple kilns. Okay, what one thing per kiln? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, but it, it can be it can be whatever you need, right? And you can time your kiln, and and while Hagler can potentially get you multiple things for one Hagler in your deck, kiln, uh, you know, lets you gain and play. So so there's um, it's very comparable. I think Hagler's a great card, and um. I think Kiln is probably, you know, deserving of basically the same score that Hagler has. Uh, I think... And, and so, so giving it... Man, giving it a five just seems like... Well, this never gets better than Explorer, and Silver's dumb, so Explorer's a bad card, and I'm going to give no. it a five. That just seems way off to me. I, mean, I think seven is conservative, and I would consider giving it an eight. I think it's quite a bit better than Explorer, but I, I think it's quite a bit worse than Hagler. So, like, compared to Hagler, it has the big advantage of you can do gain and play with it, right? It has mm -hmm. two significant disadvantages, to my mind. Um, one is that if you, you... You can't ever gain multiple things off one kiln play, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas with Hagler, if you buy two cards, you gain two things, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. And so that's one of the big disadvantages compared to Hagler. The other big disadvantage is, like, it's it's just harder to use to get what you want. Because, like, if what I want is not a payload card, um, then I have to 
play a village, play my kiln, play the card that I want, and then continue yeah. so like play like multiple. I understand. I understand how that's inconvenient. I don't understand how it's worse than Hagler in that case. Well, because Hagler, you can just wait and just play at the end of your turn. You okay, so you're gaining you're first. gaining deck control at the end of your turn. You can you can gain deck control towards the end of your turn with Kiln anyway. Well, you still need you still need extra villages, right? Okay, you 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 need that with Hagler. No, you just need one village to play your terminal. Because, um, like, usually, I mean, it depends on it depends on what you're trying to gain with the kiln, right? But, like, let's say I want to gain a village with my kiln, or, well, nah, actually, you could probably do a village. But let's say I want to gain, I don't know. Yeah, the, the gain and play makes a village fine. The smithy is, uh, the smithy, you can get screwed if you don't draw enough villages and you get greedy and you try and gain the smithy too early. That's a thing yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Well, and that's... It, what it what it means is that you can't like it's it's harder to gain deck control. But like gaining deck control with Hagler isn't all that sexy to begin with, right? I mean, sure, it's I mean, a card, but like that's what that's what I want to do with my Hagler, right? Like I want to buy a province and gain a lab and not have to the lab but, but, gain all my province. But then, like here, what what is the situation where that matters though? Because if if I care about gain and play, and I'm gain, so Kiln obviously likes to gain payload because it likes to gain and play the payload, right? That's 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 what that's where Kiln is good. Okay, so where are those turns where I care so much about gaining only deck control on my turn that I'm gonna Kiln for deck control, and then I'm also gonna spend all of my buys on deck control as well? What what deck is that? What situation you, is that? Why do you have to spend all your buys on deck control as well? Because because otherwise, like I can use kiln to gain the payload, and then I can no, 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 buy no. the deck control, and that's that's fine. I'm not, I'm not hurt by the fact that. What if I'm kiln... buying neither payload nor deck control because I'm buying a province? What what's the point? No, my my point is so like. In, in in the case of Hagler, I'm going to buy a province and and gain a lab, right? And mm-hmm. in the case of Kiln, I'm going to Kiln... You're saying you're... Oh, so if you're buying victory cards, it's harder to make up for the fact that Kiln yeah. is worse at gaining deck control. Okay, yeah. sure. It's, it's, it's that... It, it's also not just that, like, oh, there's the terminal issue, but you have to draw the card. It makes you have to draw the cards in the right order. Right. Okay. I'm not saying it's exactly the same as Hagler. I'm saying right. the effect is similar to Hagler, and it's used for different things. Right. You get certain advantages, certain disadvantages. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it's that big of a difference. I certainly wouldn't give it a different rating. I might have even given Hagler an eight, and I gave Kiln a seven. I think giving it a five is just. Yeah. Would you give Hagler a five? That's ridiculous. I, I think I'd give Hagler a seven and Kiln a six. Like uh, you I, gave I, Kiln a five, but really, whatever. Oh, that's the same number. Whatever numbers. My point yeah. is, I, I think Kiln is like a notch worse than Hagler, but not a lot worse than Hagler. Okay, so there there isn't that much disagreement between us. No, I, uh, I, I think there, even there's though... a little bit, but not a huge amount. Um. Even like, even though you uh, you have basically the same rating as the consensus, you gave it a five, they gave it a five, I gave yeah. it a seven. I don't know. I well, thought I mean, about giving it an eight. Comparison to Hagler, I, I don't. I, 
I also think I'm kind of lower on Hagler maybe than I don't know. Seems like it, yeah. But uh, the the I, I interestingly like when I was listening to 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 your initial impressions and you were talking about Kiln, I thought you were too low on it, even though you gave it a six, which is probably like what I do now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and I moved it to a seven. Yeah, for yeah. my for my new one, yeah. I, I, and I I didn't mean you were too low on it based on the number. I meant when you were describing, here's what it does. Well, I don't think because it's kind of awkward. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, you can do like you can do yeah. like city quarter kiln, city quarter, and man, and and there are case there are times where the game and play like you like I'm gonna kiln the kiln and then play another city quarter and then play another kiln. Oh and yeah. Then, and, and just like, man, I thought there were there were eight games you needed at the start of this turn to pile yeah. out. You only have one plus buy card and they're all gone and you got two provinces. Yeah, like, Kiln's one of those gainers that can gain itself, so you really have to pay attention to stuff like that. Yeah, and you need a lot of deck control for that to work. Um, so like, right. Mass Kiln doesn't happen that much, <laughs> but it can. Sure. Like, it has a pretty good Magical Christmas Land scenario. Magical Christmas land. Yep, that's that's a good way of putting it. Uh, okay, so yeah, the next one uh, is Way of the Rat. I, I, you know, I've sort of shied away from ways, but this this one was a big difference, and I think there may be a, yeah, I think there may be like a like a real disconnect here. So I gave it an eight before. I'm keeping it an eight. Uh, the consensus rating is six. I think Way of the Rat is really good. Like, I feel like there's got to be some disagreement on, like, how good this is, how much you plan for it, how often you're going to be playing things as Way of the Rat. Do you, what do you think? I think I've played a game with King's Court and Way of the Rat. Yeah. And boy, let me tell you. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, I'm pretty sure I messed it up real badly and then, like, emptied piles on turn nine. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so you basically won, right? Sounds uh, sounds to me like you won that game. Well, I'm not sure. Like the 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 entire question is maybe turn 9 was too slow because there is King's Court way of the rat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my opponent had access to these things too. Yeah, it's like really, it's it's really good with King's Court, but even with other cards like expensive things. You often want to be playing those other cards um, rather than way of the ratting them. But you know what? Like, how often is it that you have your good five cost? Like, you have a lab. Is your lab really going to do more for you than gain a lab? Gain a lab, yeah. Maybe, sometimes. Like, I think a good chunk of the time it does. But there's a pretty big chunk of the time it doesn't. Yeah. Way of the Rat like, is really Obviously, really at good. some point, you don't want to just keep weighing every card every time because you're not getting anywhere if you do that. But, um, yeah, it's 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 also kind of like Kiln, a thing where you can explode in terms of things gaining themselves, and you can use the same one treasure over and mm. over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... Uh... I guess cards that allow, you know, that can gain themselves cause uh, things to happen. It's just it's so much payload, and having a lot of payload is... Uh... Our new workshop was so busted. <laughs> it is. has that self-synergy. 
Hashtag self synergy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the next one I wanted to talk about was supplies. Uh, I originally gave this a four. I'm still giving it a four, and the consensus is about six point five. Yeah, uh, and I think I'm I even see... higher than that, right? I gave it a. You gave it a seven, so yeah. basically what the the community did, and I've I'm seen a lot of discussion about grade, this card. Letter grade number higher than than the consensus. I think supplies is really good, but okay, go. This is your section. You take it first. I I see the comparison to Peddler, right? And you yeah. know that makes a lot of sense. It yeah. effectively gives you card dollar and an action. the The way that it is worse than Peddler is that. You don't get that card until later. You don't get the card until next turn, and you would rather have the card now. So, like, right. I don't think there's any debate that this is worse than Peddler, but, you know, Peddler's really good. It's worse than Peddler. I think I know a lot of people think it's better than Peddler, and I don't agree with them. Okay, that, that just seems nuts. Like, this is definitely worse than Peddler. But... I think the biggest reason why this is worse than Peddler, though, is that often you can get Peddler to cost zero. And I agree. the biggest reason that it's worse than Peddler is that when you're doing trash for benefit, Peddler usually costs eight. Sure. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of those synergies that Peddler does, and it doesn't cost zero. That matters a lot. Yeah. I also think that the effect, once it's in your deck, is significantly worse than Peddler. I think it's a big, big deal. And, and we talked about this with Slay and those other, like, gain two horses and being worse than... but. But I think it's especially pronounced with supplies, because let's say I want to put a peddler in my deck. That means I want to put some, I I don't want to have a negative deck control impact on my deck, but I Uh want to add payload, right? Uh That's, That's the kind of place where I want to be jamming peddlers in the deck. I would be spending $4 on, uh, poachers that didn't discard or were like tournaments or whatever, you know, like... I would be happy to do that. And sure, if they cost two and I add the buys, yeah, give them to me. But the problem is, the problem is that the first time you play this thing, you have bought a copper. And when your deck control is to the point where that's the kind of thing you want to put in your deck, as opposed to a silver, which is always available and that you'll usually be able to get when you can get a supplies, so many times the silver is going to compare favorably. Okay. And and that copper is it's going to do a lot more damage than what I think people are saying and reflecting in the rating. I'm so, not saying you never get supplies and I'm not saying it doesn't have those same horse synergies and all that stuff, but I gave it a 4 and that's the number I like. Okay. I almost always prefer supplies over silver after turn 2 or so. Uh the first like couple silvers when i re- if i really want to hit five like on turn one and two silver is silver is a card i look to uh if it's important to hit five because sure a lot of times when you're thinning uh and your deck doesn't have that many cards i mean obviously the silver is going to be better and i would i would put a silver instead of a peddler in that deck because i care about the payload but that makes after sense that, like if it were straight up peddler um like I, I would usually open peddler silver over silver silver. Usually, uh, I mean that that depends, depends. but also it like depends. Also, that's kind of a different deck than the one I'm talking about. But okay, sure. So, what is the deck you're talking about then? Because maybe maybe explain a little. More? So so supplies the comparison to peddler. I think it starts to break down when you're not drawing your deck. 
Oh, see, I'm thinking specifically in cases where I'm not drawing my deck yet, like on turn then, three, four, five, six. I, then, I, then I think it gets farther away from Peddler in that case. Um, yeah, the effect maybe, is more like I, a I haven or something. I, I think it's better than silver in those cases. In in, in the same sense that like a, a haven might be better than a silver, right? No, because I think haven's terrible, and I almost never get it over silver. But I do get peddlers, and I do get supplies over silver. My 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 point was, that... <laughs> I just want to bash on haven, okay? And that's fine. And I was sort of hoping you would, <laughs> because that's what I think supplies is closer to in a deck like that. Because you've made your current turn crappy because you bought a copper, and then your next turn you have an extra card that may or may not be that good because you're not drawing your deck and you have bad cards in it. But, but every subsequent turn, then, it's also better. That only holds if you're drawing your deck. No, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it does, no. because if you didn't play the supplies again, then you don't have a horse, and now you're back into that same yeah, problem where you have one... to play the supplies the first yeah, time to there, get there. There is exactly one turn... Where it every time every game where it's worse than the peddler, it it doesn't get to be well. I I shouldn't take that back. There is ex- a net of one turn. Right. It never gets to be more than a net of one turn, unless uh, I I shouldn't say never because there's edge cases. Like um, there's always edge cases. <laughs> Here, let's a- let's actually, hear one. <laughs> actually, there's there's I think a decent number with supplies where top decking all your horses isn't necessarily the best. Discard attacks make supplies look worse, I think. Um, especially a big stack of them. Like, five supplies looks a whole lot worse if you're getting militia every turn, because effectively only three of the horses are top-decked now, and two of them are actively worse than if they weren't top-decked, because they're mm-hmm. in the discard for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think discard attacks is a, is, is a big reason to at least limit the number of supplies you get. Um... There are some reasons why you might not want your first card in a turn to be a horse that's played. I'm trying to think of them now, and it's escape. There's some maybe Citadel thing, although usually horse is a pretty good thing to Citadel, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, Mastermind, similarly, whatever. Um, Oh, uh, uh... Thing, thing, a uh, crop yep. rotation, silos. Yeah, that, nice. They don't, they don't work well with supply. pursue, like we discussed. Night Watchmen. Yeah, um, okay. So there, there's some anti synergies with supplies that don't exist with Peddler. I think it is worse than Peddler, but like I think, just like on turn four, why do you want a silver? Let me ask you this question. On turn four, why do you want a copper? I don't, but I want to. It's not a copper. It gives me a <laughs> yes, horse it on is. Top of my deck. Okay, so this this was a this was the point that I was making when you and then you went on your tangent about edge cases, and I did not get to finish my point, so I'm going to finish it now. Finish your so, point, Adam. So you said it's it's never <laughs> thanks. So you said it's never more than like a net of one turn where you have to pay your dues of paying the stupid copper in order yeah. to get the horse next turn, right? Yeah. And so what I'm saying is you you pay your dues one turn, you get the horse next turn. Okay, yeah. if you don't play that supplies next turn, yeah. so if you're not drawing your deck, 
If you don't do that, then yeah. at some point you're going to have to pay your dues again. Yeah, what I'm saying, had... what I'm saying okay. is that every time that that sequence happens, that's bad. That's the bad thing about supplies that makes it worse than Peddler. That's the bad thing about supplies that can make it worse than nothing because you had to actually draw and play that copper on an earlier turn when you could have done something more that maybe gave you more payload or deck control. Okay. But the thing is, right, in that situation, you play your supplies, you get the horse on top of your deck, the next turn you play your horse, you don't find the supplies again, so you don't play it again, so then later on you have to play the supplies again without having the horse, right? That, that's mm-hmm. the situation we're talking about right now, right? Yes. You, right. Yes. Okay. In that situation, you're still never more than net one turn down. You're I'm net- not arguing that you are. I'm okay. saying that the, the distance between supplies and peddler is larger in that case than if you were drawing your deck. I draw to X. That's the other situation where it's worth <laughs> uh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Random. I know that was never was change. Wandering winner. Never, never, ever change. It's so bad with draw to X. It's really bad with draw to X. Let me tell Def- you. It definitely is. Um, Unless there's block. <laughs> Wow, that really distorted through my speaker, through my headphones so that I don't know what you said. It's okay. Don't I worry heard about unless it. there's distorted, distorted, distorted. <laughs> it's okay. It's better than what I was wanting to say. Um, the, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, right. It so probably was that, wrong anyway. No, in, in that situation, right, in that situation, um, like, you talked about with Ari, the tactician, like, having a big turn and a small turn is better than having two middle turns, right? And, like, in that situation, that's what the peddler is giving you. It's a big turn and a small turn. Right? Um, we, so, so in certain It's decks... a turn with a copper and a turn with a lab. Okay. Um, so... The the example we gave was I'm going to hit 4 and 4 or I'm going to hit 8 and 0. So now it's like I'm going to hit 5 and 3 and I'm going to or I'm going to hit 8 and 0. Like what do you care about? Uh, maybe I I I don't know that I necessarily agreed with when you said that 8 and 0 is better than 4 and 4, but well, of course, and and it depends on a lot, right? Uh and I'm yeah, not going to pretend yeah, yeah. that anything we say here is going to apply to I, I every single the, situation. I think, thing, I think the base thing is that even though I think in these situations, whatever, it's it's worse than Peddler and we can disagree about whether it's more worse than Peddler in, when you're not drawing your deck or not. I don't, I, I don't know if that's – I guess it probably – I think when you are drawing your deck, this is when people make a case that it's better than Peddler because it's – it's a peddler that you always you're more it's like you have duration draw right you're more reliable at the start of your turn kind of um kind of i don't know how much i accept that but it, well it, it breaks down if you ever don't draw the supplies so as long as you draw the supplies sure, sure but fine anyway yeah. um but i think the main thing is that like for large parts of many games i think that peddler is a much better card than silver and so that even though I think that supplies is worse than peddler, I think that there's a significant amount of room to be worse than peddler and better than silver. Hmm. 
I, I would have to think about it, but when you say Peddler is significantly or much better than Silver, yeah. that didn't sit right with me. I would have to think about that. Maybe I would end up agreeing with you, but Silver's a really good card. And also, buying a Peddler and gaining a Silver, uh, you know, that's... Plus supplies is cheaper than Silver. <laughs> uh, great. I'm glad to hear that. That doesn't mean it's always easier to get. No, it's often not significantly easier to get. But there's like a significant amount of the time where you can get extra buys, whatever, and a little money. Like, I'd certainly rather have two supplies than one silver. Like, almost uh, every time. Uh, if I have four and two buys. <clears throat> almost, almost every time. So anyway, I'm not going to... I'm think, not going to pretend that it applies in all cases, but when you said that Peddler is significantly better than Silver, that's yeah. something that I question. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I would need to okay. think about it. But also, I think I'm warmer on Silver in general as as a card that you put in decks that you like to draw a lot of. Sure. Sure. I, I don't um, think that you necessarily play them in much different situations, Supplies and Silver. Or get them in, in that much. I, th I think that they are very often very much competing with each other. Like, if your sure. deck wants a silver, um, your deck probably wants a supplies. If your deck wants a supplies, it probably wants a silver. Um, and it's, it's just a question of not which one. Unreasonable. It's just a question of which one you want more. Mm -hmm. If you stick a if you stick a tax, like tax of two on one. I'm definitely getting the other one instead. I, I shouldn't say definitely. Let's say uh, I have exactly three money. I'm definitely getting the other one instead. Sure. Okay. That's that's reasonable. Okay. Anyway. So that's supplies. That was fun. Yeah, Adam's very wrong. Um, no, I'm right and everyone else is wrong. That's what this whole section is all about. Great. This whole podcast is about. Making luck, and, the Adam and, is right and everyone else is wrong podcast. And, and the next card for which we're all wrong about? Uh, yeah, so is Ride. Uh, Ride, I gave this a 6. Uh, you gave it a 5. It looks like the community gave this a 3.5. That just seems absurdly wait, low. Wait, yeah, I don't understand the Ride hate. Um, like, Why? Who, who's rating this a 3? It's a I, horse. Do they, do they know that's really good? Like, they just, like, it costs a buy and it doesn't give you a permanent benefit, I guess? Okay. If you care about that, then don't get it. Okay. Don't I, give it a three. Like, that's just... Adam, if you want to spend two money on a horse, can I interest you in spending two money on a card that'll give you a horse every turn? Yeah, but you have to draw a copper every <laughs> <know>. turn. Okay, <laughs> <know>. thanks. <laughs> Anyway, I didn't have much else to say about Ride. Like, just really, who who looks at that and says three? Like, I don't understand what your rating system is. I just I mean, don't get it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's I don't not. Know either, I mean, man. I don't. I don't think Ride is great. I think it's one of these things that you get. Yeah. Like, you don't build your game plan around it, but like, you get it sometime because. You are, know what? Are, you want that extra reliability. You are these are these the same the people that to... that say like yellow equals purple? Are these the same people? Like, the, do these people ever have three dollars in a buy and wish they hey. could buy a horse instead of a silver? Like, hey, wait, hey, Adam, 
You know, yellow yeah. equals purple, and look at that thing that's that that circle of color in the top left of ride. What color is that? It's yellow. It's yellow. It equals purple. It equals that purple. Be... <laughs> yep. <laughs> QED, man. We did it, guys. <laughs> anyway, I, mean, I, I didn't I have think, anything else to I don't say think about ride. ride. Is great, but like. But it's not a three. Like, think about Expedition, right? Yeah. Like, Expedition costs three. It draws you two cards. Yeah. Horse, a horse draws you one card, and it's not right away. Like, I think okay. Expedition is better than Ride. Sure. Um, but Ride also has horse synergies. It's cheaper. It's better against discard attacks. Like, it's not strictly, like, every time Expedition is better than Ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, like, they both cost a buy, and one gives you two cards yeah. and one gives you one card. But, like, and I say what it gives you one card because horse on net, you have to draw it. So on net, it nets you uh-huh. anyway. Yeah. Um, it's worse with wall, though, Adam. But wall. is it, though? Like, it is. It, it's worse than expedition as, with as wall. As long as... <laughs> what if I don't draw and play that horse again, Adam? <laughs> So anyway, the last card I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, this this one was uh, yeah. I received some feedback on this one. Uh, Snowy Village. It's snowy, uh, all right. Yeah. Everyone seems to give this one a six. It's a six even from the community. You gave it a six. I gave it a nine before. I'm giving it a nine now. Snowy Village is busted. It's busted. This card is overpowered. This card could cost five, and it would still be busted. But that's just because you don't put a whole bunch of them in your say, deck. I, I think it could cost yeah. five, and it would be not much weaker than it is. I kind of agree right. with you on that. <laughs> right. Um, I I do think it would be worse, but I don't think it would be a ton of worse. Of course worse. it would be, yeah. But trash for benefit! Raw. Anyway, <laughs> that's, not, that's not the point. The Four actions and a buy. Because it's more expensive. Raw. Border Village! <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a few others, but yeah. Raise! Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Donald X gets really proud of himself when he buffs a card by making it more expensive. He really, like... You know, like, when a cat knocks something off the shelf and the look they give you after they do that when they're really happy with themselves? I've never had a cat. I imagine that's the look that Donald X is making when he buffs a card by making it more expensive, Okay. I'm going to make province cost 12. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my opinion on Snowy Village hasn't changed since the last episode of this podcast. And uh, my reasoning is the same. I don't really feel compelled to repeat it. Other people out there may give it a lower number because they read the text and they get scared. I think Snowy Village is incredibly powerful. I think it warps the strategic space of the game, and the only reason I didn't give it a 10 is because of that text. It's not... I... I don't think I would give it a 10 if it didn't have that text, but I think I would give it a 9. Um, I'm pretty stingy with my 10s. That's uh, fair. I might not give it a 10 if it didn't have that text, actually. I didn't really the reason The reason that I give it a six like everyone else is that I think that most other villages are better than it. I understand is, that, but like a little like, bit they're... weird to say, because like, right, this is, this is the problem. This is the why you don't the other village. You want one of these and then you want a yeah. bunch of the other one probably. Right. Um, 
See, this is why this is why directly comparing cards doesn't make sense. It's well, exactly I, situations like this because, like, I think it's why numerically comparing cards doesn't make sense. I think you can like. You are not uh, wrong about that. I also think it's why like abstractly comparing cards doesn't make like you always want to talk about like a situation, right? Like, I don't think we're that different on Snowy Village, except you think that that makes it a nine, and I think that makes it a six. <laughs> what what you're saying is like music, like you're. Totally nailing in here. A plus, man. Completely uh, well, agree that, with you. I, I think that makes what I'm saying like a C, C, C plus maybe. Um, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, but but I think we're saying the same thing about grades. It's just that you think it's an A plus and I think it's a... <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about Snowy Village. All right. Okay. Uh, the plus buy is pretty nice. Yeah. What, what can you say? Um, yeah. It's I pretty good. I, I can't tell you the. I guess the thing about Snowy Village, right? The 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 thing to me is, I almost feel like sometimes the plus card is uh, like a lie on it almost. <laughs> Because what really happens is you're like play it where you still need to draw more cards. It's like oh, I I have these I have four actions in my hand. I have four terminals in my hand. I'm gonna play the snowy village. I'm gonna play my four terminals, and then I draw a lab with my card. And it's like well, this feels bad. Or like the you, lab you know, is I'm a lie. I'm trying to draw my deck, and it doesn't matter because I've got my one snowy, and I'll just play it last, and then I'll play all my payload terminals. Fine. Yeah. But then like yeah. I get to this point where. I only have one action left, and I don't have any more, um, you know, non-terminals to play. I have to play the Snowy next, and now yeah. if I have any more labs or smithies or whatever, it's like, all oh, my turn falls apart. And it's just like, it feels bad more than it is bad, because, yeah. like, often whatever. But, like, this this why I think that, well... So the two reasons why I think that other villages tend to be better, although I think it's kind of close and it's just situational is that and also that like so you get to add the snowy first and it gives you four actions not just but yeah. like when you're adding it first do you really are you going to really use more than the one or maybe two village effects worth of village at that point in the game like probably not no, it means you don't have to buy like two villages the next turn so it can help you build a little bit for a couple of turns it's a nice minor little benefit I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I'd rather have it give me four village, four actions than, than than two. I'm like, I am gonna get it as my first village in a lot of cases. But uh, yeah. like, I, I I I think that like, wow, it's four instead of two is like, well, it's like two point one really on average. Because <laughs> like, you're, you're you're not really gonna play more than two actions after it that often. I at, at I'm that not sure. Point, what you mean by that like if you don't spend all four actions every turn yeah that does that mean that like snowy village is bad because of that? No, no 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 i'm saying like at that point in the game it's better than workers village right i'm saying sure. right? i'm saying that it is better than workers village at that point but the difference is like really tiny at that point in the game for for one turn the difference is tiny and then the following turn it's like yeah it's super decent I I don't think that's often true, but I guess it. I mean, again, it gets at, to a situation at some where it's point. Like, 
Uh, what deck do you only put one Worker's Village in? Like, of course you're going to get Worker's Village number two and three, and now you don't have to buy those. You can just buy other things, whenever that is. No, but, like, I think the way that I'm building my deck, I often just I need to get multiple villages regardless of... Because, like, I need to make sure yeah. I have a village more reliably. So Yeah, like, and this is, like, this is fine. No, no, no. Even if I have Snowy Village, I'm still going to have to add more other villages, even though... Yes. I technically have the terminal space. Yes. So I'm saying it's not really a significant benefit over Worker's Village. I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's worse in this situation. I'm just saying it's like... Yeah, but you're not going to end every single one of your turns with, like, two actions remaining just to spite Snowy Village. Like, at some point, you're going to pick up those two terminals and not have to buy a village for them. And that's great. Adam? Yes? Watch me. Okay. Hold my (laughs) beer. (laughs) Every turn... Uh, okay, you, you want to move on to our last segment? I'd love to. Because this podcast isn't long enough? Yeah, we haven't argued enough, have we? No, no, we haven't. So Transport, man, this card is great. It's not a card, <laughs> but it's This card-shaped great. object is great. Yeah. This is great. It's like, um, so there's a few things you can do with it, right? You can open with whatever action you want, uh, assuming you don't have a 5-2 or 2-5. Um, cause you just go transport and then transport it on top of my deck. Whoa, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cute thing that you can do with, Never mind. That's, I'm getting confused with something else. Um, nice. but yeah, uh, there is, I, I've started to dabble with the opening of opening silver transport. And then if I don't hit five, on turn three, transporting it to the top then. Hmm, okay. Or potentially transporting again on turn three and then ending up with, like, three fivers after turn four. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, okay. A little bit risky. A little bit risky. The, the last time that I remember doing, going for that, I'm going to do silver transport and then transport it to the top on turn three. On turn three, I drew estate, 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 copper, copper. And I was very sad. <laughs> mm. Mm. That um, feels bad. So, so there's the thing you can do with the op- in the opening. And I think that's actually already like pretty decent, right? Um, Seems nice, yeah. Like often you'd significantly rather have 5-2 than 3-4. And with transport, you just get that and you get to make sure that your fiver didn't miss a shuffle which is pretty nice, right? And also, um, if you wanted a 6 or a 7 cost or a potion cost, or you know, you can have that too. Right. And if you wanted like a, a drawing fiver, then it not missing the shuffle is like an even bigger deal, right? Or an Bought orange a, fiver. Right, yeah. like uh, Or a drawing orange fiver. Well, less the drawing orange fiver. <laughs> what orange Barge fiver or haunted would you word be? Would... What orange fiver that isn't a drawing orange fiver would you be getting on turn? Oh, actually, that's a good point. There's I mean, technician. there's merchant ship. Raw outpost. Rah. <laughs> yep, we did it, guys. We did it, Reddit. Um, <laughs> and then on your outpost turn, you be sure to draw three copper so you can transport again. No, but I think the bigger thing is just like I'm gonna get uh, expensive actions cheap, not by transporting twice, but just by like transporting some copies of them into exile and then buying one. Um, so like, sure. Like the situation where I talked about, like I'm going to open transport silver and I'm going to transport on turn three. And then on turn four, I'm going to end up with three fibers already. And that feels really great. 
right? Um, and like you can't do that always, but then like in later turns sometimes, right? I'm gonna, I want to get three fivers. I have eleven money and three buys. I can get three. Well, I mean, it has to be the same one, right? But like you can get three copies of that fiver or whatever, or you can get two copies for eight and two buys, right? It just makes them cheap. It's kind of like fairy in that way, right? I think that's really powerful to be able to do. Um, there's some... so so transport is like a worse version of fairy. I, but it, it has like the same use cases. Is it worse? Well, if the thing that you're ferrying costs five or more, then probably. Yeah. Wait, why? Why would that make transport worse? Uh, well, it's certainly not going to be if it if it costs five or more. Yeah. Or five or less. If it costs okay. five, it's about the same. Because the use case is mostly the same. I want a lot of this copy of the Fiverr. Sure. I, I, want, a, I want a lot of copies of this Fiverr. And yeah. so what I'm going to do is I'm going to effectively buy it for three. Right? Right. So I don't get the synergies with the gainers, and I also have to make sure I can, you know, transport using using my buy and then also get one the old-fashioned way or else I don't have them in my deck at the start of my next turn. So it's a little more to worry about, but it's basically the same thing, right? Well, I mean, I think there's some there's some other pros that, that transport has there, right? For one sure. thing, you have, it has a lot more flexibility, right? Like, I want to get uh, a, a couple different fivers. Like, I, I don't have to move my fairy token around. I just transport whichever ones I want, right? Yeah, but and... you have to want multiple copies of those. Yeah, it's true. You you do need multiple copies of, of each of them. That's true. Um, it with more expensive cards than fivers, uh, you're coming out ahead on transport for sure. Um, and it does occasionally have the top deck thing that can be nice. Sometimes uh-huh. later in the game, you just want to be able to top deck something for reliability. Um, so that's that's cool. Um. So I'm willing the, to spend six and two buys on top decking something for reliability. It comes up situ. I mean, like, <laughs> not the main use right. Of the card, it does come up situationally for sure. I think um, it's better not top decking, and I'll give you that. Right, like if I had five, if I'm not using the buy anyway, and I'm not using the one money or whatever, like, yeah, it's very plausible to me. Like, I'm going to top deck that bizarre, that whatever it is, you know. Um, Okay. Uh, what what was the there was some other point I was going to make about the situation? Now I don't remember, Adam. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. I I mean I think that just the flexibility is is a big deal. Oh right. So the the first time that you buy fairy, you haven't actually. I was going to say gained a card. You haven't actually obtained a card. Uh, you haven't removed it from the supply? And made it yours. Okay. Whereas the first time you buy transport, you you have. And this matters for the last card in a pile? Well, it, it no, it matters for more than that, right? Like, if I buy... Um, the scenario we're talking about, right? Like, I want a bunch of a fiver, Right. Um, if I'm doing it with fairy, I'm going to buy a fairy, and then I'm going to buy or gain 
that fiver n times, right? So I spent n plus 1 buys on n labs. Let's say it's lab, right? Okay. With transport, I can spend, uh, you know, five... If I spend five transports of labs, just putting them in exile and then buy a lab, I've spent six buys and I have six labs. Yeah. Whereas, right, so... so what I'm saying is the first buy of ferry, you don't actually gain a thing, whereas the first buy of transport, you do get a thing. Sure, but then you lose the flexibility on, like, how many... So if you do... If you manage to do all of that stuff in one turn, then great. But if you don't, then you're potentially better off with ferry because you've got, like, some more... Sure, so, like, sure. look, there, there are different things. There's pros things and cons for, for sure. Right, I'm, and ferry's not... better with cheaper things. I think they're comparable in, in, the, in the best case, for sure. I think the synergy. In a lot of cases. I, I think the synergy with gainers losing that is. Um, I think that's kind of a big deal. I would put this like maybe. It might be. Below ferry. I mean, look, I gave transport a five, and after hearing this, I want to look up what I gave ferry and give this one less. Okay. Which I I don't think I gave ferry a nine. I probably give it an eight or something. I, I so think, like. I think so. I think nine is probably high. I'd probably give this an eight. I, I think this is very comparable to ferry. Um. I think that, like, like we said, there's pros and cons, and and um, the cute trick that I love, that I like to be able to do with transport. I mean, there's a few ones, right? It's is better than ferry in whenever you're getting something more expensive than five, including oh, yeah. cost cards, that's sexy, grand market, the eight debt cards, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, also, it's like. Uh, cheap way to score points sometimes with like nobles <laughs> okay um or i i guess this was technically camel trade but i had a game recently where there was museum and like you just stick one of those things in exile it's yours it's scoring for you <laughs> we did I never it got a, i never got a potion but i did get an apothecary <laughs> nice Well, um, I I don't know. We kind of promised arguing, and all we did was find common ground there. Well, you want to move on to toil then? Sure. Toil sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you gave toil a three. The community gave it a five. I gave it a seven. Okay, three is probably too low, but I hate this so much. It's probably not like worse than reap and commerce. It's I, such a bad event. I think it's hilarious that you you think gamble is so good and you think toil is so bad. I and think like, it's weird that you think the opposite. I don't think the opposite. I gave gamble and toil like the same thing. Gamble is so much better than toil. <laughs> toil I think so they're bad. pretty much the same. Like toil, you actually know what you're going to play before you commit the resources to gamble, it. Gamble, so, you like, get a card that you. You don't have to draw it. You got to play it without drawing it. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, and if and if you buy an estate, or if you have any chance of revealing of a state, an estate, like can you really commit to that gamble? And yes. if you do, then you I get super wrecked. Estate. I didn't have to draw this escape estate. Woo! Yeah, and I didn't get to buy a card on turn three that I need to make my deck better. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. Has I, been I called. May not be gambling in that situation, Adam. I'm not saying you should gamble like every turn. <laughs> I'm not saying you should toil every turn. I assumed you weren't saying you should toil every turn. 
Man, I, my, my favorite, you know what my favorite thing to do with Toil is? What? Toil a King's Court that plays another King's Court and go off. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can toil deck control. Like, toiling deck control is actually fine. If you don't have too many treasures to draw. Right, and, and if you're if you're using treasures at your payload, then it's definitely a lot worse. But like, you don't want to gamble deck control. Like that's that's not good unless there's basically villa or cavalry to bail you out. But like, yeah, but you toiling don't deck control, toil payload. I mean, what like, do you mean? of course, of course, you want to toil payload. No, but you don't really. It's like... it's the same. It's like the same thing with gamble. Like, I would rather toil my militia than not do it. I would, you know, it's that kind of thing. Payload I mean, sure, is yes, gainers yes. Not, and attacks and, and yeah, all yeah, of that yeah. stuff. And, and yeah, it I, gives I, you I, back some of the cost of the toil, just like yeah. Gamble. I, 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 I'm not saying you shouldn't toil in that situation where you have the militia in hand. You should. The, the toil, toil is for payload. Like, toil, toil is better used on payload than it is on deck control. Yeah, but I don't want to toil on payload. <laughs> It's okay. Payload. It's even because worse you think toil. Control. Because you think toil's bad. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's even worse on deck control, but it's also because like every time you toil a payload card, you're saying, "Okay, I want to. I'm going to play this payload card minus two coins." I don't want to do that. What card? Yeah. Is every good time to, I, every time I gamble and I don't. minus two coins. Every time I gamble and I don't hit exactly what I want, I've paid two coins. But I like drew you're a getting card. a rebate. <laughs> but like you're getting a rebate, right? And and with toil, you know what you're going to get, sure. and that matters. Yes, yes, yes. I'm. I don't get me wrong, listeners. I'm not <laughs> saying you shouldn't toil your your dead payload cards that are in your like absolutely toil them. Like yes, toil them. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying you can toil your militia a, and then toil your master. Building a deck in such a way that building a deck in such a way that that that's happening often feels like that's not what you want to be. Sure, and building a deck where all you're doing is gambling with your buy phase is not where you want to be, right? But but these are useful tools, and I think they're very similar, and I just think it's hilarious that you gave Gamble an 8 and Toil a 3. Gamble is so much better than Toil. The community rated them both a 5. I don't know what you want. I mean, I gave Toil, I gave toil a 7 and Gamble a 5, which is basically the same number, and I think Toil might be a pet card of mine. So. Se- 7 equals 5. You heard it here first. Yep. But really, like, they're the same. Like, more, Toil and Gamble really need to get the same number. More news at 7 or 5. <laughs> no, Gamble, I, I genuinely think that Gamble is a lot better than Toil because it because it gets cards that aren't in your hand. Okay. I, I think being able to get a card that's not in your hand is a lot better than, like... So, like, if I have 5 money in hand then I can gamble whatever and I'm getting access to more cards. And if I'm toiling, I'm not getting access to more cards. I'm just, well, I'm just getting the effects You're... of cards that I didn't have the villages for. Right. But I'm not, Look, I'm not... when you say you're getting the effects of cards you didn't have the villagers for, what I, I hear is I'm getting access to more cards. The only penalty is that I had to draw them, but now I get to know what they are. Okay, if you think that's a bad trade-off, Fine. Go ahead and say that gamble is worse than toil, and you are entitled to that opinion. No, no, no. Gamble and I think it depends on. A... <laughs> it's 
not and worse I than think th- th- that's what I meant. If that's oh, not what okay. I said, then I'm sorry. But but what I'm saying is I think it depends, and I, I think the difference to, like, is very do a, small. Do a sneaky little. That would be like me, and that would be pretty sweet if I could get that past you. And I didn't, and you got me on that one. Anyway, that was fun. Banish. (laughs) Banish. Let's banish that conversation. Let's, please, let's do that. So Banish, I think, is really, really good. Um, You you gave it a nine. They gave it a nine, because I think it's really, really good. So, first of all, I think that banishing an estate is in the really opener, good. I well, agree with you. And, even, and in fact, sometimes in the opening, sometimes on turn three, four, five, six, whenever, like even one, but if, especially if you can ever get two, oh man, you're really doing it. Yeah, you're definitely are doing it. It feels to me like, um, it's like, look, if you can pay four dollars to banish an estate. That's definitely very good. Like, I'm always happy to open Mill Trashing Hovel or, like, Great Hall Trashing Hovel. Oh, man. Mill Trashing Hovel, the dream. I mean, Mill is obviously better than Great Hall. But but still, like, that's that's very, very good. In fact, there's a story I like to tell. Before Dominion Base Set was released and, you know, all the cards were construction paper, it used to be that you could spend your turn trashing a card from hand instead of buying. So you could spend a buy to trash a card from your hand. Kind of like crap. Kind of like trains. Vanish. Yeah, and it turns out that was overpowered, and so you can't do that anymore. So, like places where you can do that, you gotta. And you don't even lose the point. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, and and I think that is, I think that's great, and that's just about all that banish is actually good for. I think (laughs) no, I genuinely think that banishing provinces at the end of the game is like quite real and it is, significant. It is better than Island. I think it's a lot better than Island. It um, is, for sure. I would gladly give up those two points to not have to draw and play a terminal card and line it up with my province every single time I wanted to do that. For sure. So, like, let's look at it first from a money density perspective. After let's. turn two, uh, banishing an estate is better than buying a silver. Um, yeah. And, like, you can argue that even on turn one and two, because of the knock-on effects down the road, you probably would rather – you still probably want to banish the estate uh, on turn one and two rather mm-hmm. than buy the silver. Um, like, straight-up banish big money is, like, a, actually fairly strong in terms of one-card big money strategies – which are pretty bad in general. Like, don't play sure. Banish Big Money, because why? But um, the point is, like, it also plays well with, like, anything else you want to do, right? Like Except for anything. Trash and Coppers. Why doesn't it play well with Trash and Coppers? Okay, that's... that. I stated that poorly. Banish likes things at Trash Coppers because it's bad at Trash and Coppers, and it's only good at Trashing Estates. Oh, well, I mean, it depends. Like, I've I've definitely had situations where you can thin several coppers at once. Like, I believe you, but that seems very rare and not a very good way to build your deck. I, I, I in my experience, it comes up like a reasonable percentage of the time. Um, You're like gonna have not... to tell me what that means. Uh, twenty percent of the time, at least. 
that seems like a lot. I mean, it, it, and again, I'm when I say banishing coppers, I'm not like I'm going to banish seven coppers in one fill. So like that never happens. You're at, uh, but you're going to actually spend four and a buy to banish coppers. Yeah. You're going to spend five to buy a junk dealer. Uh huh. Like, what's that going to do for you? I would, I would definitely rather spend five and buy the junk dealer. Well, I'd rather, I'd probably rather spend five and buy a junk dealer than spend four and banish one copper. Uh, but, sure, and and I don't think that's the comparison you're making. You want to no. build to draw more coppers in one turn, and then somehow have four to spend and coppers left over. Yeah, you just drew a like bunch of cards. I mean. Quite simply, like, if I play a smithy and then I have a silver and four coppers, I might spend four to banish two coppers. So this is much worse than Bonfire. I mean, in that situation, it would be. I've, I've had situations where I've banished three or four coppers. Like, it's, it's a little bit harder to pull off. You can do it sometimes with, you get a good draw or a good turn to draw or, like, a sinister plot or something. Right. Yeah, and and the fact that that you managed to pull this off means that it happened later, right? Yeah, you're not doing it on like I'm not saying it's as good at getting rid of coppers as bonfire, but bonfire is really good at getting rid of coppers. Did you did you give bonfire a nine? Bonfire only gets rid of coppers. <laughs> hey, it gets rid of that sea hag too. Okay, uh, sure, it does <laughs> weird things that let you go infinite sometimes. I think. Woo! It is but, part of an infinite loop, yes. But but mostly it only gets rid like I think banish is better because yes, it's a little bit worse not a little, it's significantly worse at getting rid of coppers and bonfire. No argument here. But it can get rid of coppers at not a great rate, but not a horrible rate and I I think. Um and it gets rid of estates and provinces and sometimes Duchies or random things, like pretty well, I think. Um, once or twice, I've had it get rid of curses, which was sad, but you'll take it sometimes. Um, sure, tactician, I... tactician, stampede. Like, there's ways stampede and banish. Boom, you got rid of your coppers, bro. Like, there, there's a bunch of ways where you can draw big, like one time. Um, not a lot, but like. It, it, it happens a chunk of the time, a, a non-trivial chunk of the time, I think. So I feel like, you know, we've played with Cemetery. Yeah. Right? And, you know, Cemetery is kind of similar, where you need to hit four and then still have cards in your hand that you want to trash, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's differences, right? Uh, you know, the they go to the exile, and, and you don't get the synergy with gainers and, and all that kind of thing. But, like, I have a decent idea of what it takes to make Cemetery good. Yeah. And... And I'm trying to think of ways to dim it, to differentiate between that and what makes banish good. And what comes to mind is number one, opening with a banish. Number two, banishing provinces. And and to me, like that's kind of where it ends. Like I'm I comparing think, this to cemetery, well, and that doesn't I, seem I like think, nine out of ten material mm, to me. I think that banishes usually. Mm, I take this back. If there's a gainer, cemetery is like much better, right? 
Definitely. Like, um, workshop cemeteries, well, pretty stinking good. I take that back. If there's a gainer and there is, like, literally any other card you want to gain besides just cemeteries, which happens approximately every time, because uh, at least there's, like, silver or something, you know, uh, then I think okay. that... I'm in. <laughs> if somehow every card that you want to gain... If silver is in the kingdom... And if silver's in the kingdom, then yes. Gainer plus like cemetery a, is good. I, I'll give you I don't you know. There's like a bandit fort or something, maybe. I, I, you could probably contrive a scenario, in which case it's not. But, you know, 99 times out of 99.001 times. Wow. <laughs> like, with the, when there's a gainer that can gain, that can gain cemetery. I'm not looking at you, Hermit. I'm not looking at you, University. When there's a gainer that can gain cemetery... Uh, like that's, that's better. But I think other than that, banish is a lot better because after you banished, like if you buy banish versus buying cemetery, I'd much rather buy a banish because I don't have to put a cemetery in my deck. Sure. If you manage to actually thin more cards with banish than you did with cemetery, then you've thinned more cards with banish than you did with cemetery but what i'm telling you is that that's really hard to do and and the main way you had of doing that was using the gainer synergy that cemetery had and now with banish you're limited to just drawing a whole bunch of cards to do it or doing it one by one which you were sad to do with cemetery yeah yeah i'm not i i I don't really want to do it one by one it's it's but if i can do it two by two um one by one on a states even isn't that bad right like you never do that with cemetery you never buy yeah, a cemetery can, just to trash one estate. Yeah, but you can you, open with banish, and that changes things for sure. I mean, you could, you could open with cemetery. It's just pretty pointless. You're like that seems really chip. bad. Yeah, you're like spending four in an opening buy on a VP chip, and it's real bad. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, like, I'd rather open salt the earth. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Which is basically the same. Thing. Yeah. Um. But just like I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think that it's its main use is banishing the estates, and I think that already makes it like super solid, just like estates and provinces. And because there's a a reasonable chunk of the time that you're going to get some number of coppers with it, uh, I think that's pretty good. Um, also, just like sometimes you're drawing, but you're not drawing consistently because you your the thinning sucks. You just banish once. You're good to go. Like, you you get that one turn you draw, and you banish, and now you're reliable. And... You just made that sound really easy. I mean, it's not, but, like, it... In, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, it's not, like, a chapel-level thinner, but it can be a reasonable-to-good thinner if there isn't another one available, and... Even if there is another one available, it does some good things, even if it's not spectacular in those cases. So when you said that, what I heard was, this is worse than most other thinners in a lot of cases. No. No, it's worse than, like, the best other thinners. Like, it's worse than Chapel, Donate, Ambassador. Steward? Close to Steward. I would... 
definitely rather have Stewart in my life. The the early on, it's worse than Stewart. Um, I really it's like usually the when I want to Like you gave you gave you gave Sanctuary a ten. I did, yeah. The card's insane. How do you think Sanctuary is five points better than Banish? Uh, well, first of all, it gives you a plus buy. Yeah. And, uh, second of all, you just have to buy it one time, and you can exile as many provinces as you can draw with it. Y- y- it also, like, thins yeah. your deck faster than Banish does. No, it thins your deck slower than Banish does. I'm Be- going to disagree with that. Because you buy Banish and boom, your deck is thinner. You buy Sanctuary, your deck isn't thinner until you draw it. And I'm play sorry. It. When you say you buy Banish and boom, your deck is thinner, that's not how it works. You have to yes, draw a bunch of cards with a bunch of coppers in your deck. No, no, no. You, I'm, you I'm skipped over about that whole thing. The state. If you banish any cards, your deck is thinner than before you banished a card. Okay, I'm, my goal is to get ten bad cards out of my deck. Sanctuary okay, is going to do that faster than Banish does, like nine times, eight times out of ten. Uh, I don't know that that's true, but I also like also, don't think also, that that's usually the goal. Also, Sanctuary, but well, okay, that this is where the plus buy on Sanctuary matters because Sanctuary by itself can um, can make you into this type of deck where it's like, oh, I'm okay thinning down to like gold, gold, silver. X sanctuaries and just buying and exiling a province every turn. Or maybe I can do like a province and a duchy or, or two provinces or whatever. Like the sky's the limit with sanctuary. With banish, you, you're going to need like the support of not only draw and also plus buy in order to make it worth Most building this. And, and you need all things. of this stuff. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that because I don't, I don't know what that means. But what I'm saying is that Sanctuary by itself makes that board into that. Banish requires the support of those other things. Otherwise, it just does not do the same thing. So that's why but, I gave them different numbers. But, like, by that logic, King's Court is terrible. But you gave King's Court a 10 out of 10. Because by itself, King's Court doesn't do anything. My logic... The, I mean, I, the, I, no, I, the, the logic says that I wouldn't give King's Court a 10 out of 10 for the same reason I gave Sanctuary a 10 out of 10. Okay. That's what that logic means. Okay. You asked me why I didn't give Banish a 10 out of 10 when I gave Sanctuary a 10 no. out of 10, and I explained that. What I asked was why you gave them five points separate. But yeah. Sure. Like, like, if you would have had Banish at 8 and Sanctuary at 9, it wouldn't have been like, this is incongruous. Like, I think Banish yeah. is better than Sanctuary, but I wouldn't be like, man, he rated one one point higher than the... It's just like five seems like a big gap to me. It is a big gap, and I do think Banish is a lot worse than Sanctuary. I think I Sanctuary think, is absurd, and I, I think, think Banish, Banish is, is mediocre. Like one, maybe two points better than Sanctuary. Hot dog. Oh, here's, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do. We have a judgment match, okay? Because that'll oh, yeah, settle this once and for all. <laughs> This this will give us the the undeniable correct answer that will not be able to be refuted no matter what. That's right. Yep, that'll In do it. Only ten games. That's right. <laughs> and we don't even have to play all of them. That's right. If we can just agree 
Yeah. Right. That, then we'll know that, that we both got the right answer. That Duchess is better than King's Court. <laughs> okay, we're being a little bit unfair here. I, I think people mostly do that stuff for fun, but it does slightly disturb me to the extent some people are like, well, it won the judgment match. Please don't take that seriously. Like, really? Oh, my gee. <sighs> okay. Yes. Also, please don't take anything on this podcast seriously? seriously ever. Yeah. Except wear your seatbelt. Okay, that you need to take that. Drink water, wear your seatbelt, and um, don't spread COVID. Yeah, that. Thank you. I was just getting to that. <laughs> wear a mask. Wash your hands. Don't wash be an idiot. Wash <laughs> your hands. Yeah. Use the sani if you don't get uh, if you can't. If you can't wash sink. your hands, but preferably wash your hands. It's better than using hand sanitizer. If it's you can, way better. If you can manage. And like, yeah. you know, assuming that the sink isn't like some germ infested, like, I don't know. There's some public public bathrooms I've been in where I'm like, mm, I don't know that washing my hand in this sink is going to. Yeah. You really want to use the paper towel that you dried your hands with to turn off the faucet and also touch the doorknobs leading out of there. Out. That's important, and if, if you use one of those air dryers, you can sometimes get away with using your elbows for that stuff, but it's that's a lot worse, so it please. Depends, it depends a little bit, especially if you're going to do – if you've replaced the handshake with the elbow bump, like really oh, try no. using your hand. I, I'm not a big why, fan of the elbow Why bump are you getting right? close enough to someone to bump elbows? Like I mean, six feet, please. I mean – or more. Like more is better. By the way, yes. more is better. Like more is uh, always better. No, but in terms of distance for COVID, like six feet is not some magic distance. At which point, like you're completely, what, it, there's nothing magic about six feet, right? It's just like that's the compromise place where it, like most of the particles, especially outdoors, uh, you know, have have died off. Not died off, but like the the density of them is a lot is significantly lower um and it's not like you know you have to stay 100 feet away from everybody but like if you are 100 feet away from everybody yeah you have Sign a less up, chance of contracting it than if you're six feet away dude i have like no immune system give me 100 feet yeah unless you're like adam's wife or son in which case like give everyone else 100 feet give, so you don't give have them to give adam 100 feet. give them 100 feet too yeah that's right yeah exactly so that way, Adam doesn't have to be a, a lonely hermit who lives completely by himself for ever. Now, our, now our family is lonely hermits who don't ever leave. Yeah, the house. But at least you have each other to go to the hospital and yeah. Um. Also, like, if you're wearing a mask, still distance. Like, <sighs> it's not an either or thing, people. It's not an either or thing. Can we just try not to kill people, please? Please. I I, I don't want to die. I don't want to get COVID. I have many. I have said many times on this podcast that I do not endorse or support or necessarily whatever some statement that's been made. I endorse the statement, don't kill people. Yeah. It's a big deal. I know I'm really going out there on this one, but don't kill people. Seriously. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. Leave a comment in the comments section if you've never killed anyone. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, and uh, leave a comment <laughs> in the comment section if you have killed someone, but like you know, don't don't kill anyone again. 
if you want to start now, like I would have preferred you would have started earlier, but um, start like, not killing people. Right. Yeah. I mean, presumably you haven't like killed someone at every instance uh, of your life, like every instant in, in your whole life. I think I probably would have heard about that if someone did that before. That would be really difficult to do. I'm pretty sure that everyone would be dead. <laughs> yeah, also, like, you know, there's the continuous versus discrete nature of time, and you get into right. infinitesimal theory, which... That's a really interesting, interesting uh, philosophical slash physical question. Yeah. And is I don't. Time... The answers. The answers to that don't actually exist. Oh, they do. They do. I thought, uh, but it may not be provable. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a linear combination of discrete and continuous. Oh, it's not a linear. Everything's a linear combination. Whatever. That was a. That was a Schrodinger's cat joke. That's a little quantum physics joke for you there. Thanks, man. Appreciate you're, it. I'm really, welcome. I'm really glad you bring that to the podcast. I'm sure you. I'm sure you don't have enough quantum physics in your life. Does anyone? Actually, there's like it's it's kind of one of my soft life rules that uh, if someone starts a sentence with "There's a theory in quantum mechanics," completely ignore everything they're going to say afterwards. Yeah, that seems reasonable. So, but there is a theory in quantum mechanics. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if you made it this far, good for you. We're proud of you. Uh, maybe you'll come back for the next one. Maybe there will be a next one. Uh, if you think that anything we said is hot garbage, let us know. If you agree with anything we said, man, we'd really like to hear about that one. Whew. If, if, you, if you think that anything we said is hot garbage, content, what, Adam, are you trying to break the internet by getting a flood of emails that will never, ever stop? Um, hot garbage, man. That would be that would be great. If I don't think enough people listen like, to the podcast. I, I would that. kind of like it if the internet didn't break. That's nah, fine. We'll just uh, go back to a snapshot or something. No problems, really. You remember there was this ad in like the I think it was in the late nineties. It's a guy surfing on his browser. Um. And he clicks through to another page, and he clicks through to another page, and he clicks through to another page, and then it brings up a page that says, You have reached the end of the internet. Please use the back button on your browser to return to the previous page. I've never seen that. That was a great ad. I have no idea what it was advertising for, though, so it was probably not an effective ad, but I found yeah. it using. Yeah, and that's really what matters. That is what matters. Except when it's not. Yeah. What really matters is don't kill people. Okay. Well. <laughs> sorry, that's been so long. <laughs> oh boy. Beans, which are of a slightly lower than room temperature variety. Yeah. So I actually made um, a soup. Because we ordered a ham for Thanksgiving and it came with a bone, so I used the bone and mm -hmm. some beans to make a soup. And uh, is that is that a euphemism? No, 
It's not okay. at all a euphemism, and and the boy okay. loves it, um, which is great. Well, I really hope it's not a euphemism then. Boy, he really he really likes the soup, and he had an endoscopy the other day. And they oh, told yeah. him they they told us not to give him anything like spicy or anything like that, and he wanted yeah. he wanted the soup, and we gave him the soup, and it was delicious. Good. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's something nice and hearty, but also, um, you know, he's got a lot of spicy. foods that he's not supposed to have, including the spicy things. And uh, mm-hmm. I was able to make it so that it didn't have any of that stuff. So that was, was really great. But in order to make the soup, you have to heat up beans. Oh, but then they wouldn't be cool beans. Yeah, but they would be hard beans if they were they cool. Would be, they would be hot beans if you heated them up. Yeah, but then they were cooked, and then uh, we put it in the fridge. So I guess right now they are cool beans. Um, I don't know. Is your fi- is your fridge running properly? Mm, my fridge is kind of staying in one place right now, but it is plugged in, and it appears to be functioning. Oh, it's functioning correctly. It's functioning as intended. Yes. Sweet. Uh, I mean, it's probably not sweet, but I don't know. Maybe you poured a bunch of sugar on it. Well, I did put too many carrots in it, so in, it's in the like fridge, in the soup, or or in the soup. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought we were talking about the fridge here. Well, you know, because you you could put too many carrots in the fridge. I guess, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I assume there's some max capacity of the fridge, and you could probably measure that in carrots, and you could probably put more carrots than that in the fridge. How many carrots can your fridge hold? Leave a comment in the comments. In the comments section. <laughs> Nice. Welcome to Making Luck, a carrot podcast. 